0: But what are you going to do? Like, you're not going to stop watching Kurt Russell movies. So... (laughs) This is the Imperial Schools of Honor podcast. I'm Josh Volan. And I'm Jay Baxter. And we're going to be bullshitting about the formative years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again. Game met popping off up in here today. We racked up serious late fees on a weekend rental of Sega's in-house Genesis port of their arcade classic beat-em-up, Golden Axe. And emulation disclosures up first. Fusion on PC, or I rather I played on Fusion on PC with the Sega six button arcade joystick piped in via USB adapter. Now that we're on video, I can like show that.
1: like... You gotta
0: buy it, dude. It's fucking the greatest thing ever. Wow. I like, did not use that. In hand, I mean, it's even better, I would say, than the NES Advantage, and you know how I feel about that.
1: Uh, Saying sing a lot.
0: Yeah, sing it feels better as like an arcade uh i don't know arcade feel i guess Uh, you know um anyhow jay how did you play (laughs)
1: nice so i played uh through open emu on my desktop computer using the six button sega genesis controller you can see that so you know feeling like a a peasant over here
0: yeah (laughs) You uh, please rate review the podcast, and we actually have a new review that I would love to read because it. uh oh, oh. yeah, just in just in general, uh, we promise that we will. But too, it's also it make, it'll make us feel good. Uh, so this is from Cobra Kai as fuck on Apple Podcasts, which I love. It's I mean it's, it's like it's Cobra with a K, Kai AF on Apple Podcasts, but uh, I can I can parse the. The meaning there, which makes me, it makes me happy. That's a great username. (laughs) And I'm not even a Cobra Kai fan. Like the Yutsu probably makes me extra excited.
1: (laughs) That's dope. Get on the train.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, Cobra Kai goes as such. I am not sure how I found this cast. It was random, but I am glad I did. I found the Ultima episode one first and was hooked. Can't wait for episode two of that. I'm from the same area, so I get where they are coming from. So he must be from Ohio, which is cool, too. I like that. Oh, don't and, yeah, and he goes on with really funny take from these guys on the old games gonna binge the rest and spread the word keep up the fun content so thanks cobra Kai's fuck that's a dope ass review we appreciate it oh, and yes. yeah all, all the people who have not left a glowing review like that be part of the iOSH movement give us validation on your podcast platform of choice in the form of one of these and we'll read it here just like we did cobra kai's first up is what we're jamming on now what are you jamming on now jay
1: i am i've been jamming on some halo 5 guardians uh, as usual but particularly there's a new mode and i say new i think it's just like a mode that they like drop in seasonally called Griffball ball and it's it's a i feel like it should be an esport like i love it it's a blast like it's a, you're, you're kind of on a battlefield but you're in an arena and there's two teams of four participants there's a ball that drops in the middle each team has a goal and you have to like take the ball and run it into the goal and your weapons you either have the gravity hammers which are fun to just smash people or you have your blade like no actual guns and so it's kind of like it's almost like football you got to like rush forward somebody's got to get the ball and yeah dudes have to like football (laughs) (laughs) smash each other with the hammer and try to get into the goal And it's just it's a blast like i i honestly feel like it should be an esport and i need to talk to some people at work about this situation <laughs> for Microsoft um, but yeah so that's kind of my fun my fun uh competitive time when I feel like I need some competition um obviously tourist you yeah
0: I was excited because it's the first time I think we both have played a game for the first time for us to talk about it at the same time. Like it's yes. always been like someone playing it and then telling you about it and the other person comes in later. So I love the idea that yes, we both can, can touch on this. Uh, yeah, it's fucking awesome. It's so good. so good.
1: so good. good. So good. <laughs> so like, first of all, the graphics, like it, it's that, like if you played Lonely Downhill Mountain, like the the Game Pass game, it's kind of like that where it's Lego, but it's so right. real at right. the same right. Right. time. Right. And the gameplay is fun. Like it has elements of Animal Crossing where you're going island to island, but you're doing quests and they're fun and the puzzles, it's just, it's... Yeah, the puzzles. I, I finished cold, it all day. all day Sunday. Played the entire, like I did nothing else. And so yeah. I had to finish it yeah. the next day. I, I'd today. say
0: maybe it's, it's I, to, for me to 100% it, uh, I want to I say it was like 10 to 12 hours maybe. But if you really hammer it out with less, like a less thorough, 100% minded effort, you could probably do it in six to eight. So it's not like a, you know, it's not a fucking month long dive or anything. It's like a super nice little contained have fun super cute yeah. thing. Uh and yeah. everything's
2: fun
1: in it, yeah. right? Like yeah. even the mini games in the arcade, like I kept wanting to go back and play like the M zero game, you know, like it just
0: fucked that F zero game, but yeah. <laughs> I love the the uh the alleyway one is the I really like that one that was yeah. really cool i loved how i don't know i mean I, I played dude i love that like i had that i had alleyway i'm saying alleyway because that's the game boy version i had that <laughs> I've, I've played you know it's it's breakout is what it is it's a breakout clone yes. and there's been a million iterations of that right and i, it's, I played it's
1: it. the same game from that i had on my blackberry like sure. way back yeah. well that's,
0: like, i mean that's you know yeah, that, yeah. i mean that was like a, an og arcade game that has been ported literally a billion times so there's been a million iterations of that type of game you know and is it's i think it's the best one i've ever played like you know the because you like you finish the level and you can choose which direction you go and it it's not like you basically so basically you have two options for your next level and they're random like you know I, I played that game many times trying to get the high score and it's not it's not the same path so they're randomized oh. and like i would play sometimes i would end up i'd be like i'd be playing like many plays into the end of the game into that game and see a level i've never seen before and I'm like, where the fuck did it, you know, like, I haven't seen this yeah. yet. I've been playing this game for a half hour already. Like, why wow, yeah. am I haven't seen any, like, th- like this kind of level, even like there were multiple types of levels where you, you know, I don't know. There's a fucking no point in trying to explain. It. You just have to play it. But yeah, just uh, it's super varied for a thing that is like a tiny little mini game in an right? otherwise large game. You know, it's so much effort and so well done.
1: It sev- really is several games within the game, and it's yeah. Yeah, yeah. even the macro game. And like, I just I had fun doing it all, and I, I like that. Even the puzzles, they're puzzles you can figure out. They're not things where you're going to spend three hours and then have to go look it up because you're really like angry because you can't figure it out. It, it, they're not like Legend of Zelda puzzles, you right. know what I mean?
0: Like but they're not cake either. Like that, like that right. light ball one. You know, it's one of the latter ones where we had to do. You had to jump on the things, and it turns the whole. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? in, in, in one of those temples, and like, well, all those temple puzzles, yeah, super. Mario, all of them had fun ones. They're like some of the the water block ones took me a long time to figure out. You know, but
1: yeah, I was like, I'm like, Why is it not? Why are they not connecting? Yeah, but
0: I never. I only had to look things up one time. The whole. Did you have to look anything up? I only looked things up one time too. Which which one did you do? It wasn't even a puzzle, really, dude. Like the the thing I looked up was. It was the the temple where you walk in the door and there's this it, the spout of water in the middle of the room when you first walk in and you take a block off a shelf, set it on top of the water and it opens the door. So they teach you how those water spouts right work, are work right. And then you go into the next room, and there's one in the bottom left corner, and like a long runway with a huge block in the middle of it, and you got to get over to this platform over here. And the only way you could you can't walk there because of that huge thing in the middle of the walkway and i mean i like i fucked with it forever i tried taking the block out of the other room and turning the water off like a you know can't do that because you can't get into this room without that block being or without that spout being covered so i basically could i mean nothing i couldn't figure the fuck out dude And i'm like it ended up being like it's not an understanding of the mechanics like i didn't realize that i could run at an angle and then jump and control myself in air and land, you know, like, I didn't know that I could do that. So that was the, like, when I saw that, I was like, ah, oh, fuck you, man. You know I mean? <laughs> like that was the only time that I, that I felt like I had to look something up because I just didn't understand the physics of the game. You know what I mean? Um, right. you know, is I, I I wouldn't even begin to call it a knock. It was just a matter of there was no way It wasn't demonstrated. To, it may have even been demonstrated to me and I just didn't notice it or whatever it might've been leading up to that. But that was the only time I wasn't able to just figure it out. And, you know, I don't know. Max 20 minutes or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really, really good game.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude.
0: So so fun. Yep. And yeah.
1: So after that, just um, Dragon Age Inquisition, just multiplayer with Courtney. Oh,
0: hold on, one so. quick thing too before we get out of there. What about the twist at the end? Did you did you see the twist coming? Do you even know what I'm talking about?
1: You're talking about just
0: like going to space or what do you mean? I'm talking about who I didn't see it coming, who was going to be like your chaperone, I guess, for what you, for what, for that part of the game, for the end of the game, like you're, you Oh like, yeah. Yeah. I didn't, know what I, mean? I didn't see that coming, you know? And that was cool. <laughs> that was cool to me the way, you know, it's, it's, I, I don't even want to say too much more about it. Cause that like, it's just good storytelling, I guess is the easiest way to summate it. Like, it's just really good storytelling. Uh, yeah. Really good. So, sorry. Good.
1: no, <laughs> It's one of it's one of the few games that Courtney was just like, wow, you're still playing that game. I was like, Yeah, I'm
0: can't put it down. I can't put it it down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the the uh the surfing thing, like that was probably one of the harder ones, like you mentioned. Like, yeah, I was frustrated as hell. I definitely had to like put it down and come back to it. And even when I beat it, it was like I was like, you know, I didn't do anything different, I just got lucky basically. Like I did I, I was uh, never, like I was never able to like get to a place skill level with that where i was just like i can just you know i i can nail oh. it every time i was never able to get that good i couldn't get this dude i can't figure it i couldn't figure the fucking dude, I out i
1: finally got it i finally got it so like i almost lucked into beating it like at first i scored like a 7000 kind of messing around and then like 9000 something i was like oh my gosh but the after that i struggled forever and well, so it, I, was, I, it would like
0: it cuz you you know it's i don't know a ton about surfing but i think i think they were trying to emulate the gradual reduction of a wave available to you that's why every surfer eventually crashes, right? because like the wave eventually dissipates, you know so like I felt like as you got higher in your score, it gave you less leeway away from the tube. you know what I mean like it yeah, would you know, pull... you definitely had to go back like i I only but you ended could up actually, could not keep you could not get away from it like but like close to ten thousand, you were right there and you had to be able to like really be fucking I don't know perfect. man when
1: i when I beat it, I actually had, like, the trick was to really get your speed up. So, like, I just took my time and, like, kept trying to go up and down, like, going back up as quickly as possible and not, like, going all the way down and back up, just trying to go back up. And I got so quick that I was in the air so long, I was able to just do several in a row. And I just kept doing it. I was like, wow, this is great. And then I just, after I got like 10,000 and, like, 200, I was just kind of like, I could just keep doing this, but I'm done now,
0: you know? I would just basically, <laughs> I was just like, trying to cheese it basically like uh, once I figured out that I was not gonna be able to beat it legitimately <laughs> I would just like go out do a couple things go into the tube and get the the cheese thousand because the whole thing was you had to vary it like as long as you were not doing the same trick over and over you would keep the multipliers but if you try to do the same trick it would reduce the multiplier so there would be less that this is you know to de-incentivize you to do that so as long as I alternated between what the stupid little trick that I could do on top of the wave and then go back in the tube which was not easy that was the whole thing like going into the tube, especially. The tube was- like Especially death. once you get, yeah, once you get speed going, the tube is super hard to get back out of. So, you know, but that was the only way I was able to fucking pull it off eventually. <laughs> Anyhow.
1: That was fun. Yeah, I felt such a sense of like satisfaction after beating that that serving competition.
0: I was yeah. like, yeah, it yeah. was done. <laughs> Can't recommend the game enough. a ten, a fucking ten. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, I actually I have I have an before you let's before, let's I have an anecdote that I want to tell from it actually before we fucking go. So there is a mall level with a bunch of shops and shit and so yeah the the, the retro arcade game with, with F0. So like, I want to actually talk about this fucking specific game cuz it it you said you're like, ah, well, you like know, well didn't tell you. like dude I pl- I was fucking furious for like 45 minutes put the thing down come back to it still can't beat it like you know the, the, the yeah the the, the first two are super straightforward, but with the racing game, you had to do what amounted to a perfect sixty second run. Like, you did. You you couldn't crash at all. Like I I could be going flying. Like even one little
1: slip, it's like it's done. Like you can't, dude. I, yeah, even, I mean, like I, I didn't even crash,
0: and it still wouldn't get in. I'd be like, well, let's like, hit. There was the one. There was, so there were like three things. So I look. I sh- I lied actually. Yeah, I had to look this up. Because, like, I, again, I was like, I can't, like, I'm not, I, I must not, there's something I must not, I must not know. Like, I am doing, I am running these things perfectly and still not beating it. So I'm doing, there's something I don't understand about this game, right? So I looked it up, and, and I didn't get any, that's why I forgot about it, because I didn't really get any information of any use. It was just like, you gotta be perfect. <laughs> like, yeah, so like, I would, I would eventually, so there were there were like three things. So there was like a, I would say in the first half of the, of of the, because you will loop through the whole thing. Beating it, you know, you will get through the whole track and have to redo it a second time to get to the goal that gives you the high score that achieves this fucking thing. So, in the first half, you had to hit there were like three of those turbo things that you had to hit literally mm-hmm. in a row, like you basically couldn't really land. And that and like it, it required like jumping, you had to like think outside the box, basically, you couldn't you had to go over a like turn. And not stay on the track essentially, and like I just couldn't even wrap my like that was the thing like that was that was why I couldn't do it mainly because I couldn't even I didn't even like think of that as a possibility to try to like what a, amounted to a shortcut into another turbo thing you know what I mean and like I don't know, I just couldn't see that as like a, an avenue to without it being told to me so there was that and then there was there was one where you hit you you hit the ramp or you hit a turbo thing and went over a a, a gap. And before you would come down, you would have to turn, like to the right. Do you remember yep. this where you hit the thing and oh, you yeah. didn't you just fly into the fucking ocean? Yep, <laughs> I got so pissed off. And then there was another one where you hit the thing, and it wasn't a gap, but it would turn immediately afterwards to yes. the left. It was and, like, and, like the
1: last. Moves. It was like the last move. Like you could be perfect flawless, but if
0: you didn't you fly right see, off. immediately, you're off the edge, and it's it like, like ah. Oh. Those yeah. last two were like right in succession. So like yes. getting both yes. right. Oh man, I was just so many times I'd be like I I knew it was coming and I would yep. still fuck <laughs> up, like fuck ah! <laughs> it was, Yeah, dude. It was like and this this is kind of what I was getting at with this. Like the thing I wanted to say about it was it was like it was the kind of angry that modern games are not capable of generating in me and I can't speak for the fucking <laughs> gaming population. But like it, it it created an anger in me that only old games can. And in that way, like the developers absolutely crushed, even that aspect of it. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. created a retro game in a modern game that was capable of creating retro game anger. And to me, that, <laughs> like, it was just like after I beat it, I was just so impressed. I was like they did such a good job with that. <laughs> like fucking just making it a perfect. I agree. Amount of
1: Courtney out. was looking at me like, "Are you are you even having fun right now?" I was like, "I was like, yes. I just I gotta <laughs> do this, man. Like I'm, I'm focused, you know." <laughs> But Yes. <laughs> I just gotta keep doing it. I just gotta I just gotta get this. I'm almost there. I'm like 1, a thousand below score.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, I was I, you know, I was the, what I've what I've coined it since we played the game, like I was Dracula in Castlevania level pissed, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice quality game, quality game. Yeah. Oh man. But have you played like the other game that have really been playing? Super Mario World 3D on the Switch. Like just came out with uh it's combined with Bowser's Fury.
0: Is it that master? The the remastering of all the yeah, yeah, it's a remaster of uh it's
1: just Super Mario World 3D and, and a new game, Bowser's Fury.
0: Oh, that's and, not, so they came out with one recently that was like a remastering of Mario Sunshine and Mario yeah, No, yeah. no, I, I haven't even heard about this now.
1: Yeah, so it's it's really freaking good. So Jesse texted me about it and he's like, Hey. Have you heard about this game? It's a remaster, but in my opinion, it is the best Mario game they have ever made. And I was like, "What? The best one?" You played so, Odyssey?
0: Like, Odyssey was fucking fantastic. Well, yeah, Odyssey. Okay. Yeah,
1: I played. I actually, I don't love Odyssey. Like, oh, I didn't
0: obviously. You play, you know, I didn't finish, I play more. You gotta play more. It's such a good game, but, dude. It's so. But like,
1: I will say, like this game. So we're playing three player. It's multiplayer. It's three D, but it has so much of the like original like Mario Three, Mario Two, Super Mario World elements, like some of the exact same characters exact same sounds like pulling on the perfect nostalgia strings of like like a lot of the the more modern Mario games have all this very different stuff but like you do turn into a cat so that's obviously weird and different but like otherwise there's just so much that was that's a
0: Mario that's a mar that's one of the while we were checked out of video games that was a big thing and because uh, the I've played a bunch of when it came out Mario Maker 2. Mm-hmm. And the games that you can make levels for in Mario Maker 2 are Super Mario 1, Super Mario 3, and then two fucking uh, – I don't even – well, Super Mario World also from, from SNES. But then there's one yeah. that's, like, on the Wii U or something where you can turn into a cat and shit. And, like, I had never even seen it before. I was like, what the
1: Maybe fuck that was this one? one, I guess. Yeah,
0: probably, yeah. So, yeah, some of that, that's that been done before, actually. But it was honestly – it was an interesting mechanic, to be totally honest with you. When I would play other I, – I never made a level of it myself, but uh, the uh, playing some of the others – that other people made like there it was it added some interesting mechanics to the way he could move and shit but certainly not you know you, you want you want those yes you want those nostalgia boxes ticked you know and that's not one of them <laughs>
1: but but this is cool because it's just like a suit like any other suit like you can get like your normal Fireflower suit and your other powers your star It's so it's just like a suit that you can get it. but otherwise it's just like a really great 3d multiplayer mario game where you get to select a character and play together so like on that scale like it's. Pretty solid. Pretty cool. solid. I'll
0: check it out. Yeah. Yeah. That when that, you know, that I won't do those as much as I honestly, I love Mario sunshine and it's like playing GameCube games and emulation is doesn't go well. The, the dolphin emulator they have for that. It doesn't work great. Uh, at least for me. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's changed. It's been a few years since I tried, but anyways, yeah. Like emulating. GameCube games is not something I really uh, have access to. And Sunshine is a game that I think is criminally underrated. It's a really good fucking Mario Mm -hmm. game. So when I saw that thing come out, the remastering, I was like, I kind of want that. But I refuse to give them $50. Right? Like For them to give me a game that I, no, go fuck yourself. Like, I'm just not doing it. Like, go, you already got it. (laughs) Fuck off, guys. I'm not giving it to you again. Try again.
1: (laughs) Yeah, if you haven't, I think this is a quality game. We could jump in multiplayer, like, even the four of us. Like, it's... It's, I'd, I'd, it's I'd, really I'd have to
0: figure out how to turn my switch back on, and I'd, I'd have to, I, it would really bum me out that I couldn't accumulate Xbox points while I played it, but maybe right.
1: <laughs> you understand now you understand my plight of <laughs> Xbox I'm like, well, the switch is just this whole separate thing. Like, <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, See, it's clearly it's not it's not it, it's not. It, I literally the place <laughs> that my controller my wireless controller sits in the exact same place. I have to grab my fucking Xbox controller, and my TV's probably set to not the input that the Xbox is on anyway, so there's no difference. There's literally zero more labor.
1: <laughs> right, but you're, it's just, when you're in the Xbox, like, system, I'm just used to, like, checking to see, right. what my friends are doing, it's so easy. Well, it's the, the, the biggest thing, t- we've talked about it. The, the shit of it is,
0: the main execution button is different for each system, and that is so frustrating.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: That's what, that, that is, like. Yeah, like I'll think about going back, like unless it's Mario, I'll think about going back and playing a Switch game. And it's like it's going to screw me up. Like if yeah, I play Mar, so,
0: like Marvel only, Alliance the, now, the, the, no. for if it only happens one time and you you relearn, it's still like the one time is like God fucking damn it. Because <laughs> <laughs> B is A and A is B, basically, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, Anyways.
1: yeah, but Yeah, man, that's pretty much what I'm playing. What are you jamming on these days?
0: Uh, so, obviously, clearly, as much we talk about tourists, there was that. I finished that off. And the I played Donut County. We talked about this a little bit. You said you played mm. it, right? Right. So, yeah, this is a
1: – what's up? I just checked it out a little bit. Yeah, it's fun. The kids watch me play for probably, like, ten minutes or so. Yeah,
0: okay. not, it's Yeah, not, I mean, it's – it's, it's, you talk about wanting to be able to just zone out. Like, it is It is a no <laughs> – No a, mind. No <laughs> game at all, really. So, it's it's pretty cute and clever in general. Like, you control a hole in the ground, like – I would equate like think Wiley e. Coyote Looney Tunes hole type deal, you know, uh, and and it's where they can like just pick it up and throw it on the ground, you know what I mean, and then <laughs> jump through it and then pick it back up, put it in their pouch. So cool. Right, but so so the main mechanic of the game is you are contr- literally you are in control of the hole, and you are just trying to engulf everything in sight, you know, like you have a whole screen of shit. Some of it, you know, and as you get later in the game, like the amount things move or the way you have to interact with the world and honestly even what you have to do with the hole. Sometimes, like water gets introduced and you have to get rid of the water somehow and there's a bunch of things they do to give a variance and, and, and increase the difficulty but generally speaking you're just trying to engulf everything in, in, in this hole and as it as you eat things it gets bigger and that's how like that's why you can't just eat everything the second the level starts right you know you have to gradually incrementally get it big enough to everything and the super cool thing about it for me is it's distinctly set in LA. So there there's a ton of different sites in the game that are unmistakably LA, like the 405 highway which is, you know, the north-south highway by the on the west side of LA that is notoriously like the shittiest traffic thing in the universe you know, COVID was the shittiest traffic thing in the universe so like there's a level where you have to literally just like empty out the highway by like getting the hole and like having all the cars drive into it you know so it's just like clearly the person who made it lives in LA and has like the <laughs> perspective on a lot of LA things and yeah the end of the game is a Griffith Observatory which is a big uh observatory landmark in LA uh, public, you know, like a public space that, that that's really well known. So there's a lot of effort visually that 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 gave me referenced, you know, and and like there's like a what was it called? There's one and it's it's they were alluding to Echo Park, but they called it something or something else. There's a Joshua tree reference. There's just a, a bunch of stuff that's local to LA that, that was really cool for me. And um, yeah, I mean the the in, the end sequence requires that. <laughs> this was the coolest thing I think you saw the video to me. The end of this uh, uh, you have to like one of your in-game buddies hacks into the fucking mainframe of the like main the bad guy right? and you have to you hack into the mainframe and then you can get into the end of the game here. and I had this cute little hacking animation and shit that I posted on our socials and shit and it was it was really fucking cool. but so again, very very like tourist in that it was kind of just like a, you know played it for a couple nights, maxed the fuck out. I didn't, it didn't, it didn't give me, it didn't, it did not incentivize me to a hundred percent it. Like the, I mean, the tourist was like, I must have everything in this game. Like everything is great. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. was not like the story <laughs> between each level you go back to, cause like everything is getting sucked down into the like underground basically. And you're down there talking about how this happened and it's like you know it's totally comical it's not at all serious but you're down there you're talking about trying to how to escape and you're just going through different stories of how people got down there and that's what the levels are you go like the person starts telling the story you go to go their their environment where they were at when they got sucked below ground and then you basically do it to them and then you know the story plays out that way so like that part you just totally checked out you're just hitting buttons and like every now and again they say something funny but super lighthearted <laughs> and, and really good just fuck around thing the another thing was carry on have you played this it's an xbox game no. pass thing no no so, i don't think so This is it's a it's, it's one it has this? It, it so it's it's i would call it like a retro side-scrolling That's action,
1: action yeah.
0: game where you're controlling an alien monster of some kind and you are hunting humans in an underground military installation or some shit like that and i mean it's survival horror essentially, in reverse, you know, and the uh, the monster is this amorphous, tentacle-laden fucking thing that gains biomass as you eat people, you know, so it, gets bigger, it gets bigger and gets more tentacles, and da-da-da-da-da, and, oh, yeah. yeah, the movement of it, you're like, you know, you can, it's your own, like I said, amorphous, so you can, like, go through tunnels, and, like, it's all about trying to figure out, like, different movement things, and, like, you can kind of you get new skills that the buttons do and shit. And I mean, it's essentially just like run around and eat everything kind of kind of game with some puzzler elements to it, you know, and it's got this retro horror vibe going on with it. That, that's that's pretty fucking cool. And it's also I would call it a rather low engagement commitment too. that. I mean, it's basically what I started playing as like when I needed a break from something else. After I finished the donut game,
1: <laughs> yeah, so. it, it does look fun. I put it up on this fantastic game pass app. It's yeah. Yeah. I might have to check it out.
0: It's pretty cool. Uh and and, and honestly, more difficult than I anticipated it to be. Like, I, I'm not just blowing through it. It's got some backtracking going mm. on with it. And I think like I might have to look this up to figure it out because I'm definitely not checked in necessarily. There was a story interlude thing that it made me watch, and I was like, not not sorry, not watch. I had to play it. Like there was an interlude where I had to switch to a human for a, a few minutes and like carry out some story thing that I just mm. like I did not even begin to care about. I was like ah. getting back to the I'm sorry, I don't care about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, I think I missed something or some shit, and I'm kind of stuck. But, you know, generally speaking, it's pretty fun. And Slime Rancher, I've been telling you about it, dude. Have you seen this? Have you played this yet? I haven't.
1: I have not tried it yet. No, I, I, I just can't. We'll not just, yet.
0: Off, it's like it's Harvest Mooney, Animal Crossing type shit where you are – it's beautiful. It's it's not like a throwaway game at all. Like there's like a lot of time went into this. There's a lot of thought. There's a lot of fucking systems and mechanics and uh, just a just a ton to the game. But it boils down to a quirky, funny alien world vibe that's very Journey of the Savage Planny. Like you know everything's kind of it's like comedically toned, uh, and yeah. but it is a farming-minded sandbox game where you are basically running a slime farm on an alien planet and these slimes. Each, each have their own mechanics and things they like to eat, and you build little enclosures, you put the fucking slimes in there, and then you have to go out, you have to farm the food that keeps them sustained, and then they create, they out, like, the output of the slimes, like, basically what they shit out after they eat are these things called plorts, and the plorts are worth money. And there is this machine in your farm that's called the port market. And it's like a big screen with all the different types of slime plorts that you can get. And the, the prices go up and down. So there's an economy to it. So you can like store the fucking plorts until this port market goes up on a particular commodity and sell the plorts for a higher rate than you would otherwise. You know what I mean? And then you can buy <laughs> all, these, all these different things to upgrade the farming systems. And I just oh, I just unlocked this super expensive science lab where you can start building other kinds of machines and shit. Like, it's a super elaborate, but it boils down to this highly repetitive rat hitting the fucking bar Pavlovian thing of just like input, get, get resource to input to processing thing. It processes an output that is very highly appealing to acquire. You know what I mean? Like, just give me the pellet. I'm the rat. Give me the pellet. Give me the rat. Give me the <laughs> the, it, oh my God. It is a clinic in fucking tedium addiction man and i can't get enough of it i've been playing the fuck out of it like i wake up and think about like my slime farm <laughs> 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 it's like, i don't know wow, that, i that got it's
1: quite the endorsement there <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i'm like I'm not i'm not suggesting that i'm the busiest human being in the world by any length but i definitely should not be thinking about my slime farm
1: Oh, uh, uh, maybe, maybe I don't want to play this yet. Then, uh, I, I don't
0: uh, know. Like, yeah, I got I'm, definitely, to do. I'm definitely half and half on how much I recommend fucking subjecting yourself to it because I mean, you'll definitely <laughs> enjoy it, but will definitely suck you in and and you'll spend more time probably doing it than you should. Uh, uh, well, if we want to get any anywhere in Ultima, I, I can't play that yet. <laughs> Right, 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 right. Yeah, so that's it. I'm also playing Grim Fandango, but honestly, I don't even want to fucking talk about it. Like, it's a remastering of a computer game from, like, 2001 that's on Game Pass. Yeah, and it's, dude, it's it's a really fucking good story, and it won a ton of awards at the time, and I'm not saying the remastering of it is shit, but it it's just, it's just such it's a point-and-click style adventure game, you know, and it's just so opaque and so... I don't know. I mean, like, I never got anywhere in it When in 2001. I have tried to play it since. I mean, I have tried to play it since on Steam, you know, just not too yeah. long ago. I think we noticed the remastering on there or something. Couldn't get anywhere. And I saw it on here and we started playing it and, like, I've gotten, we've gotten way further than I've ever gotten in the game. But there's just every puzzle. I'm like, what? no fucking clue. And I look it up I'm like, fuck you! am like, no way anyone's ever thinking of that And his dude. You know, I'm like, 30% through the game only and like there have been like 30 of those where I'm just like what the fuck is the next thing I look it up and I'm like fuck off no way and then I spent another 20 minutes looking for the the answer to the next puzzle <laughs> so like it's a, I, yeah, I I'm what a hard pass hard pass right. on that one <laughs> I, I'm gonna beat it because I'm a fucking masochist but I, I should put it down the ultimate side quest for further proof of that <laughs>
1: Battlefield theme, bringing us into Golden Axe. Josh.
0: Overview, synopsis. Uria is a strange land with evil oppressors. Death Adder soldiers have invaded every village and Death Adder himself has massacred thousands. And it already sounds an awful lot like the opening of Conan, by the way. (laughs) So the whole time I was thinking about the story, I was like, this is the Conan the Barbarian story. (laughs) Anyways, finally, he's kidnapped the king and his daughter, the princess, and seized the Golden Axe. Only the strangest and craftiest warriors now have any chance of defeating him. Three warriors appear to challenge the Death Adder. Axe Battler, the terrible barbarian. Tyrus Flair, the Amazon. Gilius Thunderhead, the dwarf. These three, like many others, have lost cherished loved ones in the war against the reptile fiend, Death Adder. Now they swear to defeat him, even at the cost of their lives. The challenge is overwhelming. Defeat all of Death Adder's soldiers and beasts. Travel the treacherous route to the castle. Demolish Death Adder Jr. And then face their most powerful enemy, Death Adder himself. The reward: saving the lives of the king and the princess, and returning peace to the kingdom. That's the plan, but there could be a surprise ending. It's quite the cliffhanger, AJ. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is. I, I definitely, after reading this, because I fully appreciate this manual, and I read it ahead of time. I was like very excited for this surprise ending. We shall see.
0: Yeah, and I, 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 I mean, like I said, we were just talking about in the co-op. It did give us one for sure. Uh, yeah. I, I did. <laughs> Understand it at all as it was happening, but they'd give us one. <laughs> what uh, what kind of game is this, Joe?
1: It is, of course, a side-scrolling beat em up in the hack and slash game vein or another sure.
0: button jamming central. This is yeah. it was it was released in North America on December twenty second, nineteen eighty nine. So hardcore Christmas targeting there with that, and happenings around that time. Vice President Quayle sends out 30,000 Xmas cards, Christmas cards, with the word Beacon spelled with a K. So, like, B-E-A-K-O-N instead of B-E-A-C-O-N. So, like, I remember, it's funny, like, my memory of, like, everyone, I feel like Vice Presidents always get shit on, you know. Uh, They're always, I think, portrayed as, like, dumber somehow or, like, Right. Dimw- dim- dimwitted. I don't know why that is but I like I re- even as like as a kid I remember Dan Quayle getting a lot of shit and I never yeah. really knew why this is a pretty good example though like a misspelled yeah. christmas card beacon beacon like like you know who how was no one how is no one for the vice president checking that
1: I recall that too like just that the negative perception
0: but have I couldn't tell no you idea why right? So, Another Day in Paradise, a Phil Collins crank was number one in the Billboard Hot 100. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation was number one at the box office, which is my second favorite Christmas movie ever, behind Bad Santa.
1: (laughs) Oh, you're one of the Bad Santa folks.
0: Oh my god, that movie's so good. (laughs) uh, You don't like Bad Santa? No, I've watched it, I just... There, oh, there's a couple of people hysterical. who think
1: it's the greatest
0: ever. It and is so <laughs> fucking funny, man. Oh my god, it is so fucking funny. What's his fucking name? The uh, I want to keep on calling Bernie. Is it Bernie Mac? Is that right? Yeah. No. Okay, Bernie Mac. Yeah, he is so fucking good in it. John Ritter is fucking incredible. Clearly, the fucking, the, the little guy is fucking, just so fucking good with, with Billy Bob Thornton. They are just so fucking good, man. The scene where he comes up the escalator drunk and beats the shit out of all the things in front of the kids. I piss myself laughing every time I watch that. It's <laughs> just so good. Uh, the kids are like, you know, because I mean, the, the thing is, maybe part of it is that I have worked with little kids. And I know how they are just being honest, you know. Like the the, the little kids who are good on camera are—they're not acting; they're just honest. And like those kids are genuinely disturbed, you know. <laughs> like the thought of the filming of that, especially knowing trivia—like he drank during that scene. He actually—he—he he had a few did drinks he really? before, before he did that scene. Uh-huh. Uh, Billy Bob very methody, I'm sure in general. And yeah, he he had some drinks before he did that. So like the I you know I just the I the actual out of camera, I think of that when I watch that scene. Like, I don't think of what I'm seeing on screen. I think of the filming of it, and it just had to be so fucking funny to be like a PA and watching this. Like, oh my god, it's gonna be so good. <laughs> Such a good movie. Oh, man. How about history, Jay? Any good history?
1: Funny you should mention Conan. Uh,
0: <laughs> the
1: Actually, the lead designer and the producer was very much fond of Conan and wanted something that was influenced by that. So ding, ding, yes. <laughs> hey, maybe a little too influenced, you know, if yeah. you were able to pull that out. Though. <laughs> but also like that, apparently the idea was to come up with a double dragon game that was not double dragon because the, they were a rival that had also yeah, yeah. been working on the Kunio Kun series, you know, so they wanted to like, have that same feeling that you were playing a Double Dragon game, but something different. So it's like, okay, I, you know, they match that with some Conan, with some Street Fighter influence,
0: you know, and there you go. Definitely worked for me. I, enjoy, I like it a lot more in Double Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that's, that's a strong statement. Strong statement. Yeah. Oh, you know, part of it, obviously, is is just being on the Genesis, of course. It's just leaps and bounds yeah. better, but so that, that, that could be a big part of that. Yeah. The cover art is a, it's the you know the, the the classic black thatch genesis style for these these early genesis titles and it features our three brave heroes all looking absolutely stacked and ready for anything I, I would say the sex objects are wearing basically nothing as you might imagine and we have maybe the first cosmetic breast enhancement in recorded history on the female amazon warrior there i would say clearly augmented breast like that is not a natural uh, state for for a woman's bosom i don't believe you know in the, the idea that they had that back in in Barbarian times is interesting.
1: Hey, maybe she was just unusually blessed. We'll say I don't know. Uh, no, there's,
0: there's, a, there's a certain, there's a certain the the, the obvious curvature is not natural.
1: <laughs> uh, the, I was trying to give him credit. I don't
0: know. <laughs> the dwarf is riding a lizard mount that looks every bit as badass as as he does. Which is cool. And behind them in the background is a looming close-up of what I presumed was Death Adder. The reptilian eyes and skin, like, lit in a very nefarious uh, purple hue. So, awesome. Like, 100% bedroom wall poster quality art, for sure, you know. (laughs) Like, if I had been on the Genesis tip yet, I... And this probably came with a poster, my best guess. I should have looked that up. I bet it did. Uh, That shit would have been my wall, for sure, you know. And the back is headlined by includes two more levels than the arcade game, which is one less than the game pro pro view for the game. And the last MAGAP said it had. So mm-hmm. I wasn't sure which it would be. Uh, the strategy wiki says there are six stages in the arcade version, eight in the home version. So it sounds like our boy Johnny Sauer with game pro dropped the ball here. So yeah,
1: I was wondering about that, like in terms of the number. I was like, wait, are there two more or three more? Like I was. Yeah, I was definitely thrown off.
0: I'm, I'm assuming the bigwigs at Sega didn't catch that when they were choosing him to run the Sega thing, that we, the uh, Sega Visions, a few months later. They didn't know that he fucked that up. Yeah. <laughs> Or, or maybe just like maybe you did a good job of talking his way out of it. You know, it's not it's it's not it's not whether you make mistakes in life, it's how you pick yourself back up, right, Jay? <laughs> exactly. Resilience. Right. Yeah, right. Uh I, I sometimes gripe about the lack of impressive set pieces for the screenshots on these the back of the box things, but they really crush the year. I think the, the main attraction of the three screenshots is the that huge the, I think it's maybe level four or five, the bridge with the bird. Oh yeah, You know, they I think have it's that. level four, yeah. Yeah, as, as they have that, – that is the main screenshot, and that's like a really good choice of like a large, well-done piece of art. And usually it's just like a bunch of shit. You can barely tell what the fuck is going on in the back of these. So they did a good job there, and their closing on the copy is also pretty good. So far, the score is death adder, thousands, you, zero. It's time to change the score. I <laughs> love it. I yeah. love it. That's fucking great. So, with the manual, which is in the show notes as it always is, it's 26 pages, including full color covers, black and white innards, and the controls page points out that you can remap your buttons as you see fit in the options screen, and that is not a common offering for Genesis games. And I thought that was really cool. It's not a common
1: offer, co- common
0: offering, in any game during this area. I don't right. So. For sure. Yeah. So it's not nice, Genesis, nice. Nintendo, whatever. Yeah. Nice customization though i didn't you know no no reason i don't know like there's only three right. bucks. i have a hard time like being like i need to change these but whatever i mean you know fucking especially back then like you know if you were like a hardcore arcade person and there was maybe it's different in some way and you're like i don't know who knows what the reason would be but it's cool give people options is cool always cool
1: i could see if you wanted to move like the special button like especially with the six button controller like, cause at first I did accidentally use the special a few different times and I was like, maybe I should like move just this move
0: it out of the way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Move it over to like Z, but I was like, nah, I'll,
0: I'll just get used to it, which I obviously did. I mean, it was not that well, right. the, the, you wouldn't have been able to do that. You're thinking of it in a modern context. The, the six button controller did not exist from day one on Genesis. Six button, right? It would have yeah, just yeah, been six buttons just later. So yeah, you can only move around the three buttons. That would have been a nice feature too, though. You could do that now if you wanted with the emulators for sure. But <laughs> well, that's not an in game option. The the game modes are explained on page seven. There's the arcade classic mode that we played in the co-op. It's kind of a standard run. There's this beginner, and they describe it as an easier and shorter version of the game that ends after stage three with a and a battle with Death Adder Jr. And this is more to I was kind of like, the fact that they specifically pointed this out in hindsight as like, I kind of put the fucking pieces together. And like, so yeah, Death Adder Jr. is I think only available as an adversary in that beginner version, you know? So, that's interesting yeah. to me.
1: That's why I was like, Seth Auto Jr., right? And you're like, no, it's not. I'm like, oh! <laughs> yeah, am
0: confused. And then, and we should have tried this, actually. Can, I'm regretting that we didn't real quickly. But the, there's a dual battle arena mode that lets you go up against various enemies in a game in, like in a 12-round deathmatch kind of Mortal Kombat style, which is pretty fucking yeah. cool, I think. I,
1: th- I think with all the technical issues, I am I was getting set up with a new computer, we were trying some new sound stuff. Like, I wanted to do that, too, and I was like, oh, we'll try that in a two-player, and I completely forgot about it. Like...
0: <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Yep. And you can you can yeah you can also go head to head with another human opponent in two players too. Yeah, on top of that, so that's pretty pretty fucking cool. Uh, um, much I like, much the like I praised replayability. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Much like I praised, uh, even though he was forced to do it, Dan's double dragon rendition for NES had that like battle arena mode, you know, and like that's like yeah. I mean, the amount of replayability that gives a game like this is just fucking infinite. So. Very cool. Yeah. Page eleven. In addition to the basic moves, they, they go through a list of the additional attacks you can enact by rapidly pressing the attack button multiple times and up like I was reading this and it was like up to five. Like, how the fuck am I gonna like you know, like I didn't know what it really meant? Like, really all it is is just when you're attacking something, you're hitting the attack button over and over again, it just changes, it just very uh, uh varies the what you're doing to them, you know. I thought this was like you hit the button five times to do one move thing you know and i was like how am i gonna quickly hit a button five times in the middle of a fucking beat-em-up you know so i didn't i didn't understand what that really meant so i was going into this thinking like goddamn that's a crazy amount of options available to you as far as like special moves go with three buttons but how the fuck am i ever going to hit that button that fast uh but it's, yeah, it's not i
1: feel like it worked out because I, I would always think to myself three times i'm picking this dude up and tossing him." you know
0: i i never i i i was never able to reliably map it in my mind either but i've just like i said just hit the button like you know we used it a little bit more in the co-op but the picking up like i like i doing that reliably i had no idea how to do that reliably
1: like oh, to pick really? someone up
0: you had to like give it a pause right you had to stop hitting them and then do it See, so yeah, yeah i mean I, it was I like
1: one two three and just like a pause and then grab yeah i i guess <laughs> it's funny because i'm the one that never reads the instruction manual <laughs> I read it, and I, I was relying, like, yeah, this is awesome. Like, I'm perfectly tossing these people off the
0: side. Like, yeah. yeah it was good. Didn't process it as well, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Pages 12 and 13 explain the little elves that run around with the rug sacks slung up their shoulders, which act to like kind of like the conduit to the pickups in the game, basically. And it's explained that you need to nudge them to get them to drop shit from the stacks, or the sacks, rather and they, they tack on in a parenthetical that sometimes it takes a strong nudge, you know? And I don't know, like, in my mind, I was like, just whacking these things with my weapon. Like, I didn't realize later, like, what, later playing in the game, I would notice that, like, he they're just like Gilius hits him with his knee. I think when I was using Axe battle he would actually kick them. So they're not actually hitting them with the weapons. But I was thinking in my mind, like, having played this game previously, I was like, you're just hitting them with the thing. Like, what do they mean? Nudge. <laughs> like, you're trying to just like fucking... poke them with the sword. What do you mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: It's like, I like the terminology there. Page 14 touches on the Bazarians, which is the moniker for the mounts you can score in the game by knocking the knock riding them off the back. And the first one, it's worth mentioning, is it's 100% an oversized replica of the chicken stingers from Altered Beast, you know, which is I think a super fun, just I don't know, nod to the Sega game universe or something. You no, know, I thought I, I thought it was cool that they they reuse that. Like a lot of times, the, like reuse of aff- assets, you're gonna be like, would be a criticism, but because that's such a wacky one. Like it, it becomes cool, you know.
1: <laughs> and and I'm I'm still calling it the chicken stinger, like regardless of what they said here, I was still calling it the chicken.
0: Stinger. <laughs> what do they call it? I can't remember what they call it now offhand. Or wait, what, did I write it down? Uh, I did not, but yeah, it's it's something. It's not it's chicken something. <laughs> it's something. It's Something, yeah, I I yeah. like it though. The page 15 has the continue feature situation, and you get three per player before final game over. So that's how that works and pages 16 through 18 you go through they go through the various levels one by one terming them each battle scenes which to me was a nice creative touch as opposed to just a stage you know yeah it was cool survival skills is the heading on what amounts to the helpful tip section and nothing here really jumped out to me it was all just kind of common knowledge shit for beat em ups so whatever with that and they close out with three full pages of scorekeeping tables and I fucking love those <laughs> Village 2 uh, crank. I don't want to call them themes because they're named for, for Golden Axe and I want to give it due, due credit for that, for being that good. So that the well, first thing I want to uh, start with is the title screen and that is starts with the drawing of the Island of the Sega logo then fills in with the blue once complete and, and that's a small stupid thing but it is a hint of extra effort that is worth praising in my book and I think uh, foreshadowing for the amount of effort that goes into the presentation of this game throughout so even that stood out to me but the battle theme rips in as the title screen comes up with the title treatment and as we mentioned in the last episode it feels so much like the arcade cabinet title screen you know like it's it's all it's missing is the insert coin instead of the one or two player start line they have here. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little disappointing that golden axe is like kind of that blocky red font instead of the cool shit used on the box art. Like, I I don't know why they made that. I'm sure it was like a palette limitation or something, but that would be the only thing I would say really criticism-wise about this aspect of or the title screen, rather. And the demo rips in after a few, and it's pretty fucking dope. And it it takes us through each of the three characters one by one. And this is actually why I didn't... It gets funny that I chose the character with the least magic capability or variance or however you want to describe that because watching the demo is how I saw any of Axe or Tyrus's magic. I thought that was just their magic, you know? So <laughs> like, you know, and they obviously, that's kind of the whole process of the demo. Like the action starts with this really cool cinematic transition. And then it shows the hero fucking around in the stage, like doing their basic moves and stuff. And then they drop their magical attack. And then it cuts to a really cool piece of full screen artwork that looks and I would say it looks like it's etched on a cave wall. It's, like, gray, you know, with, like, a like a, a slightly darker uh, thing for the drawing. And it has their name, their job title, I guess you would call it. Like, it says, like, Barbarian. <laughs> and then how <laughs> and then it also says how Death Adder wronged them, you know. So, like, Axe Battler, the Barbarian, his mother was killed by Death Adder. Tyrus Flair, the Amazon, her father and mother were killed by Death Adder. And then Gilius Thunderhead, the dwarf, his brother was killed by Death Adder. So, I just thought that was, like i don't know a funny stat <laughs> like that, 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 they essentially boil it down to a statistic you know and that amused me because my
1: dude it's brutal i was just reading like damn everybody like this death matter
0: like he's got yeah. it coming like <laughs> yeah. james earl jones and conan man fuck that guy <laughs> he's a dickhead. yeah yeah my warped sense of humor got a real kick out of who got slaughtered in their lives as being a part of the character intro. So when you hit start, you are presented with the game type menu and you have the arcade beginner and the dual options there. And in the bottom right-hand corner, it reads credits four. And I saw them using the verbiage credits when talking about continues in the manual, but I didn't expect them to go to the links of putting it in the screen the same way the arcade cabinet would if you dropped the three quarters in before playing. You know what I mean? I, I fucking love that. Just a little touch Again, just so many little things like that were just like, ah. Oh warned my little fucking retro heart
1: <laughs> i feel like they purposely want to like tie your feeling to the arcade game it's like sure. yes this is like arcade
0: quality in your house here it is you know percent. <laughs> yep no question so you pick arcade and you proceed to one of the coolest character selection screens in video game history i would say So it's this big, creepy-ass skeleton with he has both his hands out, yeah, palms up like that. (laughs) And in his right hand are the three characters, and you can kind of carousel through them in his hand to select which character. And the left hand has the same for the second player when playing player two. And that's fucking awesome. So then up above, up top too, it says, like, with dripping blood from it, it says select player. And yeah, it's just generally fucking awesome looking. So, yeah, I chose the dwarf. What did you go with? I chose
1: Tiris, so I chose the Amazonian woman who I apparently fought in, like, what appeared to be, like, a red and gray bikini the whole time, but she was kick-ass, so. You
0: don't need clothes. Yeah, nice this, is, this is medieval fantasy times. We don't need clothes. <laughs> We're m- merely fulfilling fantasies here, mostly men, so. In particular with the <laughs> yeah. characters, we won't need clothes. The controls HUD situation, so A is your magic attack, and you, like... The uh, case of GT, he throws the potion up in the air, and then all enemy sprites freeze, and a big blue lightning bolt comes crashing down onto him, and then like waves of electrical energy start emanating from him across the ground in all directions, and this knocks down and does damage everything on the screen, as one might imagine. And yeah, like I thought, like I went through and kind of like just from the demo wrote down here, fucking what Axe Battler like he has a little atomic blast, mushroom clouds all, all over the screen, and then Tyrus Flares demo a spiral of flames comes up out of the potion and then all these flying firebirds appear and drop flames on the ground around her, on the enemies. So, yeah, I had no idea that this changed. Yeah, Suzanne, man. Some of the characters. So, yeah, tell us about what Tyruses are and we'll just assume that axe battlers are w- that. <laughs>
1: Dude, it was so exciting because, like, yeah, you're right. When you normally, whenever her magic pots are not to its maximum fill it's just like a lava spout out the middle of the ground and then like these fire flame bird things just kind of burn everything on the screen but when you're all the way maxed power and it's six of them for her which is more than i've seen on the other characters you know especially the the dwarf but when you fill all six of them instead a giant dragon head comes in from the top of the screen and just burns everything on the screen and we Pretty never, much everything that's not
0: a boss dies. I we mean, didn't see it. Dude. Yeah, no, because you were you were you're the, the. So yeah, yeah i was so Is it the same thing? I'm assuming we didn't see it in our co-op battle with the final boss. Funny enough. But it's Deathbringers, yeah. It's like the same as it's the, the same Bringer thing. Track. Okay, that's what, yeah. I was gonna ask if it was the same thing. Because that's when awesome.
1: he used it, I was like, "Did he just?" Because when I played my silver, <laughs> I, is because I did, is he mirroring me? Is that uh, how yeah, this works? He, yeah. he brought
0: that shit out of me a number of times. So no, it's not just her. The yeah, it's funny. It's funny we're talking about that, that. so I'm like fucking around here in between while we're waiting for you to come back, and we got a comment here from a John Beecham on the Facebook page, and he specifically calls out that being one of his favorite things. The the amazon dragon head yeah. Like
2: that, you know? so yeah,
0: yeah. Like that. It, it looks fuck yeah it looks so when it when it first happened against deathbringer i was like what the fuck
1: <laughs> cuz it Imagine comes out. how i felt bringing it yeah, right? like, yeah. cuz i was never maxed power like the rest of the game cuz i would just drop it when i had it you know just to make yeah. it through and so knowing
0: i was I in battle i was like cool. mine i always I do. Like, i always fucking do i always held on to well, it <laughs> so it was like extra exciting cuz i was just like Oh,
1: you know, <laughs> yeah,
0: it was I would finish those mini boss battles and get to the camp, like the first three levels, and get to the campground thing, and have the elves run around. I'm like Marty, I'm fucking full. Why didn't I? I know this is gonna happen. Why am I not using them? <laughs> Drop it just
1: recklessly sometimes, right. like to my detriment. Like, ah, oh, I wish I had it filled right now. But-
0: yeah. So that's the A button. The B is your base melee attack, and then C jumps, and you can run with a like a double tap, and, and you hold the direction you'd like to go, and honestly, I couldn't, I never really got this to work reliably for me, you were using that running attack a lot more, because yeah, you can hit the uh, melee attack button while running, and they'll do this shoulder thing, or does she have, does the Amazon use their shoulder too, or no? Yeah, I think it's a shoulder as well, and I, yeah, I
1: use that just constantly. No, I don't, no, I take the back, hers is a jump kick, hers is a running jump kick. Okay. And I was concerned at first, because it was a kick, that it wasn't as powerful as the sword, but I, I just kept
0: Kept using it. Were yeah, you. Were, I, I was impressed with how you were so reliably deploying it. I would not even like the running. The running. <laughs> like I, I don't think I ever ran once. Wow. And <laughs> like and got what I wanted to happen ha, have happen. Like yeah. you know, I just could not reliably get it get it to work uh, for me. So you can of course jump attack as well, and that would be become a big part of my approach to this game. So you can like you can do a jump straight up in the air and just do a chop down attack. Or you can do a running attack too, and, and or sorry, like jumping through the air like with momentum attack. So two options there. The engagement mechanics are are pretty like really cool. The the so yeah, you can. We were just talking about how you can like you can whack them a few times and then pick them up, or you can yeah. I like were you actually? I was never able to tell. Could you hit other? Could you like double dragon? Could you hit other enemies with the bodies of characters you were throwing? Again, I didn't know. I, I, no. I
1: kept hoping that would happen, but it never yeah. did because <laughs> that's, that's most mostly because they would run out of the way. Like, right. you know what I mean? I could hit them both if I was jump kicking or something, but I'll try to throw them and they move so quick that I could never hit anybody. Unfortunately. Right.
0: So, yeah, and even even within the confines of just use, I, I talked about how you just hit the button a bunch of times. If you're just like uh, mono e mono with one character, you just you're just hitting that melee button. And like even within that, it changes up. And like I loved how after I think it was after two, the third one, four and uh, three and four with the dwarf would be using the butt of the axe. You know, uh, so it's just it was just a good job of like you know keeping it from feeling. You know, these games already have bitched about a million times. So it just feels so repetitive so much of the time. So like anything you can do. No matter how minute, to just give it a different feel as you go through this yeah. game, through these repetitions is is huge for me. So that was pretty cool. The yeah, I mean, I would say just generally speaking, the controls are what you would want them to be. You know, you're like, I mean, you'll I, I would you occasionally would take damage simply because of a lack of ability to generate attacks quick enough. You know, yep. or get the fuck out of the way as fast as you might like. But I would never say I felt like you know, it was just utter bullshit or bad controls or anything in that realm. So, you know. Not at all.
1: Not at all. It was good stuff. I thought the controls were really responsive. And yeah, the enemies were very smart and especially the the higher level ones, you know, much more agile. So you definitely had to get keep your wits about you. So yeah. it was good that they weren't just kind of like I'm smashing through every enemy and there's no challenge. There's definitely sure. challenge there. Yeah. <laughs> as skeletons. we as we found out.
0: Yeah, yeah the skeletons with that running thing with their shield like man could so, not avoid that with any hope i honestly any like the running thing period even even the grunts when they would do their running shoulder thing like i could not get my guy out of the way fast enough you know <laughs> i could i, I just know just it's to, like get
1: mine going at him. like all right i'm gonna win this let's go you know yes,
0: yes. <laughs> yeah Maybe that was the thing i didn't trust my, my run enough to to battle back with that i should have but yeah i could always like even when i got pissed off i would, I would be able to talk my back from the talk my way back from the anger ledge, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like like based on some sort of like, well, you know, this is why that makes sense. So that that's good. And as far as HUD material goes, you can you get the stage indicator and the magic meter up top, and that was, you know, uh, I didn't really clock it until we were playing the co-op. I didn't re- even look at the demos here. Uh, like I didn't realize that they were different for each character. So like in the case of the the dwarf, he's got three tiers on his magic meter and as you get potions, the meter fills up, you know, and with, with potion icons and his is divided. So like tier one is just one potion tier two is potions two and three. And then tier three is the fourth potion. So again, I just assume that would be the case for all the characters, not the case. Each character has their own total amount, which I assume lends itself to how varied the attacks are as the the meter builds. And then yes, each, like, you know, I'm looking at the ax battler here has four tiers the first two potions are tier one the second two potions are tier two and then tiers three and four are only one potion each you know and, and then amazon's is six or, or tyrus is six right
1: yeah she has six and i think even the first one is like four or something like it's several to fill okay. out like the first one yeah, yeah and but then like the other ones
0: are, are just one so it, there's there's a lot of range
1: with her magic apparently
0: yeah, yeah. So yeah, so those are up top and your life meter and remaining lives are down below. Uh, I was a little sad inside that they didn't say battle scene instead of stage on screen there, which I understand yeah, give, some, give ma- some consistency. Come yeah, on. yeah, It's now. probably like- just a matter of fucking characters display pu- uh, capability there, because that's obviously way more characters, but kind of a waste maybe of in-game bandwidth. But nonetheless, I thought it notable that there is no score anywhere. Which is seemingly a very interesting thing to omit from an arcade port in this era, you know? Like, that's surprising.
1: <laughs> and to even have a score at the end, but, like, you can't well, see yes, you, it you know, along
0: I, the way. Like, how do you Right, know? we didn't know that. Yeah, I had no idea that that was going to be the case. And, like, I mean, I assumed this was, like, a port omission. Because I was like, in my mind, there was no chance in hell that the arcade version... Didn't have it had to, right? It did not, I, I went through and watched videos. There's no score on the arcade version either, so it's the same thing. Uh, I'm sure it also gives you a, a, a thing at the end in the arcade version as well. But yeah, I was just super shocked that an arcade port did not but the same I
1: like it though. I like it yeah, that it scores are
0: meaningless, like, fuck yeah, who, it's who, cares. Like, who cares?
1: You don't get a score until you win, right? Like, then you'll get a score,
0: which yeah. is super fucking cool and great, but just <laughs> so different than this kind of game at this time like that is not you know all these games have scores even though they're relatively meaningless so that's kind of the fucking getting your feet wet here battle scene one is called into the woods and you get like a little bit of a story fucking deal going on here at the beginning in my case gillia's thunderhead walks out from screen left he stops and begins delivering exposition to no one in particular (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he says out loud, Death Adder invaded the castle and has taken the king and princess prisoners. My good friend Alex was also killed in the battle. To defeat them is a must and bringing peace to the land is my duty. And is Alex a different dude? Like, I thought it was his brother who was killed by Death Adder, it said in the thing, remember? So he says oh, his, good yeah. That's his good friend here, right? So I'm, you know, I am mentioned that. His a good friend? Maybe. that Possibly. I thought that, sure. Like, maybe, you know. And... So I mentioned how I went and watched the arcade vids to figure out the, the score thing, right? So in doing that, I happened to watch a dwarf version. So I saw the opening of the game for the dwarf in the arcade version. And this Alex character stumbles out at the beginning in, in the arcade version. He, like, stumbles out from screen right. And a he's, like, all bloody and, and he's moving slowly. And then a baddie runs up behind him and kills him, like, whacks him a couple times and kills him. And then Gilius and, and Alex have a, like, a, like a stock movie dying conversation on screen there, you know, where this the info that he just says out loud in the, in the Genesis version is, is exchanged. And one is obviously a better method of storytelling, and I'm sure it was just a hardware limitation as to why they, they omitted him. But in watching that, this Alex character looked human, not dwarf. So that suggests mm-hmm. to me that Alex was not his brother, you know?
2: Hmm. Interesting.
0: So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly what to make of that. I guess you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so many. I, I feel like we see this all the time. Whenever it comes from an arcade, there's all kind of weird little things. It's like, uh, okay,
0: here we go. Right, right, right. <laughs> but I mean, you know, the, like, that's that. Again, I didn't watch the demo, nor do I know if the demo even would have it for the arcade version. But those story elements about their mother, father, brother, all those people dying, like you'd think that that would be applicable to the storyline in the arcade too i don't know whatever i mean and ultimately of course does not matter but it just i I find
1: it funny that you paid that close attention i was just like wow they all had people that knew who died that sucks let's go kill
0: (laughs) it issues with attention to detail (laughs) as the stage name suggests you you are in a wooded area here and the trees are all broken and dead which is a nice touch to convey that like things in the world are in fact quite shitty you know (laughs) so the manual description so i mentioned how in the manual they have each battle scene listed out and they have like a screenshot and a little blurb so i thought we could read the manual descriptions from each as we go so the manual description for into the woods is you'll get to know the crudest and least skilled of death adder soldiers stay on guard they may be dumb but there's a lot of them <laughs> you, you also meet up with the twin brutes and lizard women grab as much magic as you can for the ordeals ahead and getting into the actual stage you are soon confronted by a couple of said crude dumb grunts and medieval armor and i th- immediately thought that it was notable that they are not identical. So, like, like one was bald, the other had a little helmet. So, like, just, you know... Grunts can all be the same in a game like this, you know what I mean? So, like, I liked that they had some variance and diversity right there from the jump with Sega. And that was pretty cool. On Slaughter, the characters have, their, like, a little death cry. And I love that. Of course, if you dawdle after whacking the guys assigned to the screen you're on... Like a large golden sword with the word go beneath it flashes on the top right, like to incentivize you to get the fucking lead out of your ass and get moving. And that was like <laughs> another, that's like another arcade game holdover that doesn't always make it to the home version that I, I liked that they kept. You know, it was pretty cool. And, you know, and honestly, I didn't even think about it, but that's in arcade games because the next kid wants, needs to put their quarter in the machine. You know, it's like, that's why that's there. So it's just, again, it's like a, a hark to the arcade ecosystem (laughs) you know
1: keep it moving it moving.
0: (laughs) it did not take me long to learn yes this is like in the first stage i picked this up where at least with gilius and like i said i can't speak to other characters after playing axe battler i don't think his was effective so i probably wouldn't have played this way if i was axe battler but i that jump straight up in the air and whack down thing especially with the turbo button on to just because he I mean, if you did that with the turbo button on, you could get like three or four. It would basically be the entire, the reason, the really, the true advantage of it was that with the turbo button on in particular, you basically made yourself not invincible if you could get hit from the back and you could still take damage or get whacked sometimes if you get caught right. But like basically because he was always attacking while doing that, you're always like, that was the thing we talked about how there's like the, the sometimes you just wouldn't attack fast enough to. Get through battles in the ideal way, you know, and that would make it because it was such a, it would knock them down in one hit. It would get you out of engagement even if you were getting attacked by two things. It would get you out of engagement with that the front one and bring and get you ready to spar with the second one. So I use that a fucking ton this game yeah. to play in the game.
1: You had such an advantage. I never even had that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to, that's another reason you got to get that stick, dude. The turbo buttons are hot. <laughs> it even it even has the little slider that lets you change. Just like the Advantage has the dials that lets you change the rapidity of the turbo, so you know not not every game. I think we talked about it for Mega Man at length, Mega Man Two, when we did that. Like, if you turn turbo on max on the NES Advantage for Mega Man Two, it fucks up. There's for some reason or another the way the fucking algorithm works in the game, it doesn't make him shoot the fastest. You gotta like tweak it to somewhere in the middle to make it make him based on how fast the game lets him fire in general to Got max it. the speed of it, you know? So it's not always the case. So having that as an option is, is super clutch too for turbo on top of just a switch that lets it turns it on or off, you know? So nice.
1: we're playing two different games. I'm like, I'm like Jackson and shouldering people You like turbo slash people. <laughs> yeah.
0: So you get two groups of grunts, and then you get your first meeting with the little elves underfoot, as they're described in the manual, and these cats, yeah, have bags slung up the shoulders, and if you nudge, i.e. whack the shit out of them, they will toss out magic potion pickups, at least the blue ones, and you would f- later meet green ones that throw out the mutton chop things, you know, that fucking give you, give you only one life, unfortunately, instead of maxing you, but... So, yeah, you, you only get two of them, at least at, at least in this one, out of the the guys, and then they scurry off after you you take those from them, and this, like, doing this is, like, I didn't. I had no idea how the magic system worked until that happened, and like I realized the the fucking potions like changed the meter and da da da. So yeah, that is not an immediately intuitive thing, uh, or at least it wasn't for me. I and, like
1: that you don't have to walk around like picking up a lot of stuff. That that's kind of really your only pick
0: Yeah, agree. And then it's almost it's like an interlude. Like it's yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess sometimes maybe they would get they would come on the screen, but most often, true, yeah.
1: There's there's definitely a point where like you have to. They annoyingly come when you're still fighting. You know right. that one part in the bridge. It's like, ah, oh, I can't. You're in the way. Move out of the way. I'm to
0: fight these dudes. For sure. For sure. So the third enemy group has a lizard woman riding on your first Bazaarian mount opportunity, and it is one of the purple and yellow striped chicken stinger deals. And you have to, yeah, you have to knock the rider off. But once, like, you do that, and then you can, you have to walk over to it. And like, I thought it was a but had a button you hit, but uh, like I said, I tried to not get it that one time we were co-oping, and I got it anyway. So I think maybe you just walk over top of it. And they, each of these have their own unique attack set. And the chicken stingers have a tail attack that they swing around with. uh, And like, you know, usually, I think in most cases it'll knock them down in one hit, but it, in my, in my experience, it limited your mobility tremendously. And particularly how useful I, like with the turbo element added into it, like I could not attack Nearly as effectively with one of those as I could with just doing my standalone Gilius Thunderhead jump patented jump move. You know, so I was you know after a few instances of these in the game, I was doing my best to avoid them. You know, as, I would as, I would
1: use personally. the dragons. I, I would I would use them, but not the chicken stingers and the the other thing. Like I just if it's a dragon, yeah, I'm jumping on that because I can just drop a flame and fireball, and nobody's knocking me off of that generally. But yeah, the the chicken things is like. It's just weird. Like it's fun to jump on, but there's too much room for
0: error and for you getting knocked off. And, and, you, and yeah. the, the real shit—you had no jump attack at all with them.
1: Yeah, you're just the tail.
0: It's right. I, and you, but you, I feel you like know, it just opens you up to attack. You know? Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, you mentioned it, but you can you can absolutely get knocked off these babies, and then the enemies will also will try to reclaim them. You know what I mean? So you can get knocked off, and they can take them back. I would use it, like I mentioned, when we were co oping. I would use that as an advantage because the, the enemies kind of like mono focus on getting those things. So they will try to do that. And when you, when you're, when you're getting onto them, you or them, it, it leaves you, you're like, not, you, you can't attack or anything for, for a second. So it opens you up to attack. So I would just wait for them to try to grab the fucking thing and just <laughs> whack them off. <laughs> and yeah, if you get knocked up, like even if you want them and you get knocked off them a few times, the, the thing will scurry off screen and you lose it. So even if you really want them, you can you can lose them. And the lizard women also have their own unique death cry. And a little further down the road, past a stone platform, you can like uh there's like it, it basically it, it divides the level up. You have that stone area there that like creates a tier to the level and you know there's not a ton of that in this game but again it's just adding variance to these you know otherwise very simplistic levels um it allows you if you wanted to drop down onto something you could to attack them that way so you get past that little area and you get another two elf opportunity and then the sky turns an ominous orange color as you encounter the first boss battle and the manual they're described as twin brutes. You later learn that's not the case, I guess, it's depending on who you want to listen to. But there are these two big, tall dudes, and they, they're they bald, and they have what I would call very suspect costumes, and thick Fu Manchu mustaches, and <laughs> they are wielding war hammers. And Googling how to spell Fu Manchu, I realized I had no idea where the hell that monitor comes from. Do you know what that's about?
1: Not a clue. I, I would call it that too growing up, but I couldn't tell you who Fu Manchu is or okay. like some kung Fu master. That's all, that's my I, best guess.
0: I took the dive, Jay. So Fu Manchu is a fictional villain character from a series of 14 novels written by British, Irish, uh, it's, it's, it's hyphenated, Irish-British author, Sax Romer in the early 1900s. The first of which was called The Mystery of Dr. Fu Manchu, right? Okay. Now listen to this crazy ass shit. <laughs> so according to his own account, Sax Romer decided to start the Dr. Fu Manchu series after his Ouija board spelled out Chinaman when he asked it what would make his fortune. So, first of all, Sax has a Ouija board. And second of all, Ouija boards existed in the early 1900s. Now, wouldn't assume that. (laughs) And second, him and whoever the fuck his Ouija board partners are spelled Chinaman on their fucking board. (laughs) that question uh which is psychotic <laughs> so he's like I let guess, me write a story about a, a
1: china man like what yeah. is this I, I
0: guess that perspective on it requires that you carry my belief set about the validity of ouija board things <laughs> you know if you believe differently i about mean, ouija board. i mean
1: we're talking about him so <laughs>
0: I don't know, whatever. So, uh, uh, you know that. Of course, I was. I don't know that set me down even a little further. So, according to all-knowing wiki, during this time period, the notion of the yellow peril was spreading in North American society, right? Which amounts to a racist agenda that proposed Asians were an existential danger to Western civilization on the whole, right? So, this character was created as like a personification of that. Really. Racism movement, if you want, for lack of a better fucking term, you know. So, yeah, l- l- looking at the various depictions of the character, it reminds me <laughs> a great deal of cocaine creativity fueled 80s action flick Big Trouble and Little China, starring the, <laughs> the regal Kurt Russell, which. You know, is likely every bit as racist as the books we're talking about. But what are you gonna do? Like, you're not gonna stop watching Kurt Russell movies. So <laughs> that fucking movie is fantastic. But yeah, like the, those, like some of the bad, like the 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 electricity guys in that is kind of what this character looks like. And obviously, they have you know those mustaches. So that's where that came from. And that was that was a crazy tangent. So <laughs> the the twin brutes and their Fu Manchu's they they guard a sign pointing out. Like Turtle Village is up ahead, so that's kind of like, like they're the guards of, of the village, I guess, and they will watch. I thought it interesting. They like they'll watch in supervisory fashion until you take out their grunt accompaniments, and right. then they, you know, unless you can. We did in the co op. You can just you can you can attack them and bring them into the battle. But honestly, it does not behoove you to do that because you can if you kill you want to kill like like we did for the final battle. You want to kill the grunts first and then deal with the boss. So it's nice, I guess, that they give you that choice you know they're just gonna so, hang
1: out watching you fight their grunts just like laughing
0: exactly like, right yeah and then so as far as like they, the way they approach fighting they like they they as any pairing of something we'll do a again like this they try to surround you and then they use that running shoulder attack uh, a ton you know and that will wall up the shit out of you of course and then they have the hammer thing too if you get into a toe-to-toe blow exchange they'll hit you with that the big war hammer they have so one of their bodyguards has another chicken stinger in and i like actually had a trouble with these guys because i was trying to use that bazaarion when i was first battling oh really once they knocked me off that and that fucker ran away they were pretty easy to make quick work of
1: it's funny because i actually did use a chicken stinger when i ran through this like on the official playthrough I, i jumped on there a couple lashes and they were actually toast
0: with that thing so i was like oh all right, it worked out here. They're on each side of you, it's so, fucking, yeah. <laughs> However you topple the fiends, after they die, we cut to GT, in my case, lounging by a lit campfire in front of the Turtle Village sign, and a couple of magic potions are sitting next to him. And this would happen, I guess, for the first four or five levels, I think it was, the basically until you go into the palace. And, and so, yeah, one of the elves runs out from screen left, and he steals the potions that are sitting by you. And then, like, GT springs into action... To, and then you have, you can, you nudge, you nudge the fucking elf to get those back. And then you can get two more out of him as well. And it's like, yeah, it's just like a cute little mini game they give you in between each level. And I liked how it always happened. Like he makes camp right where he beats the boss. So, like, a few times he would basically make camp and lay down right where I killed the guy. And I just thought, I just thought it was so cool uh, and such a power move, I guess, you know, that, that he would build camp right where he just waxed the guy, you know, or, or waxed the boss. is pretty fun. So you experience your little minigame there, and then you cut to a well illustrated quest map on parchment, and a feather quill comes down and draws a red arrow depicting your progress through this overworld map. And that to me is just a, re- I love fucking in-game maps. I say that for every, t- every time we have one. And that this was a really good execution of that to demonstrate your progress, help you understand where you are in the world, what's coming up next, yada, yada, yada. And that's really cool. And they, not only do they have that visual, but they pair some copy that writes out next to the map to again, help with storytelling. And it was just a, so I many instances.
1: I think you missed your calling as a cartographer, like a map maker. Like, yeah,
0: oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love, I love, I love. I did, yeah, but especially those old. Yeah, if I, I wish I had the artistic, uh, capability. I, like, I can't draw for shit. Like, yes, on graph paper, graph paper, I can do like, cause there's lines. Like, I can do something that's very, that detail oriented where it doesn't require. Like, the second, I get to like, if I don't have a guide, I am just fucked, man. I cannot do anything artistic, <laughs> with my hands, so. Can't play music, can't draw, can't do shit, which is a bummer. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so you get you get some copy here. And in this case, the it, it reads, Our sworn enemy, Death Adder, is in his castle. We'll take a shortcut through the Turtle Village. So, you know, just like a little blurb to let you know what's coming up next and where you're at in the story. And that's cool attention to detail that uh, fucking beat him up in particular. You're just not always getting so... Great, and then we are on to Battle Scene 2, Turtle Village. And the manual description is, Death Adder's army awaits you in the village. You're ready for, they're ready for a fight. They've already scared away all the children. The same kinds of soldiers appears in Stage 1, but with a different color armor. I don't know, and that's like, that's a perfect example of like how the end credits, like, it's a weird breaking of the fourth wall almost. First of all, they use the word stage. I hate that instead of Battle Scene. But they, yeah, then they say, but different colored armor. And it's just like, it, 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 Calls attention to it's just a video game with a handful of sprites. <laughs> yeah. I didn't care for it. They're stronger and meaner than the soldiers in the woods. Ride a Bazaar in victory. I do like they give you a call to action at the end. And you get a little more forest to tread through before you work your way into a wood and straw hut village setting. And I really dig that the gushing river at the bottom of the screen here. I didn't even notice it. I think I died in, uh, a few times before I even clocked it was there. But it's a, it's a cool nice foreground touch that 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 makes the village more real, you know, and not long after you get in there, a small crowd of women and children come rushing past you, and well, I thought they were children, I guess they're looking at the end credits, maybe they're not children, that's just the men because they're super small
1: <laughs> yeah, they were children too, with the three like the three foot, but right. I
0: guess, yeah, I guess they're not <laughs> uh, or maybe, yeah, maybe that's just a typo, maybe they are supposed to be children, it certainly makes a lot more sense they're children right, yeah,
1: the and time- this
0: actually yeah, they they they. It's reminded me a lot. We played that. Remember that Alien Storm game. This is another moment I, I mentioned a few times when I was just dabbling. How things about this reminded me of Alien Storm, and it's because it's an early Black Thatch Sega proprietary arcade port of a beat 'em up. Is exactly why this is the case. I'm sure there are reused assets to some degree or another. But yeah, it's just it, the the pedestrians in Alien Storm. It's it just they felt and looked exactly the same, and like your engagement with them was the same as in that game. And I thought that was I don't know some certain asset usage overlap for sure. So you come up behind, or behind them, is another bizarre opportunity. And, and I think uh, I'll, I'll call these things Velociraptors for sure. You know the <laughs> dragon. They're very Velociraptor e, even yeah, though this these pre- is like. Yeah, this this these predates Jurassic Park by a couple of years, I think. Jurassic Park was like 91, 92, maybe even ninety three, something like that. So, e, um, this influenced Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> The tail end of the of the this rather short stage is occupied by a bunch of lizard women, and in the very last group, there's a uh, a sword wielding animated skeleton working into the mix. So the first time you get one of those, and I am always in favor of working in undead thing into the di- the the baddie diversity. You know, I'm a uh, I am I do not know something about ghouls, ghosts, skeletons. That shit is cool to me. So I liked that, like seeing that the campfire rest segment here. And yeah, there's no boss. Like you just. You beat a few, random like the skeleton is kind of the 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 mini boss almost. You know,
1: I felt like that often there. Are that and I think that's partly why I would just kind of use my magic at, with reckless abandon because I'm like I I don't know, it's, <laughs> like if it's a boss I would just see something I've never seen. I'm like I guess I'm using my magic now. Like, I have no, idea, <laughs> you
0: know, <laughs> that's smarter hold on. Like I said, I would hold on to them all. All the those first three or four stages, I I don't even know if I used it in all honesty. Are uh, used at a single time rather. So yeah, it's fucking. A problem I <laughs> have with these games resource fucking hoarding. <laughs> the uh, The campfire resting here is interrupted by two elves, one blue and one green. So you get your first mutton chop opportunity after the stage, and then onto the map animation where the quilt draws a super cute turtle <laughs> on your map before we get some some story text, and that reads: The village was on the back of a giant turtle. The turtle takes us south across the sea, which. Nothing made me feel that way. This is like probably the weirdest part of the story that like Turtle Village is supposedly on the back of a turtle and then the turtle takes you somewhere afterwards, you know, like there was nothing in the level that made you think that this was a turtle that you were on top of, you know. It
1: it's funny that you mentioned that
0: because I yeah, I'm like, we didn't ride a turtle, we didn't (laughs) see a turtle. I didn't see, even like the, the, it's not like the ground had like a turtle shell feel to it or anything. I don't know. Cause like, you know, later on we have the bird thing and like, there's all sorts of shit in the level that surrounds, there's levels that surround that, that like is in line with that story point. But wait, but you know what though?
1: When stage three starts, it looks like you're on top of a turtle. Cause like the crack you jump over has like a little turtle face. Did you notice that? I never noticed
0: that while playing. I did notice that, but I didn't put that together. Okay. Yeah. Good point. Interesting. Stand corrected. So yeah, Battle Scene 3 is crossing from Turtle Island to the mainland. That's exactly what you just described, basically. <laughs> and the manual description for this is, you'll have to cross a perilous bridge. Leap for distance. It's a long way to the bottom if you miss. And yeah, this is that's a hard jump to make that's for sure. <laughs> Tell you,
1: man, you can do the dash. That's the only way to reliably get across it.
0: Or save scum. That's what I did. <laughs> and, uh, way as hard. The- yeah, uh, yeah. As yeah, you got to do a little bit of platforming to start, and and just in general, I would say, and there's not a lot of it, thankfully, but the precise platforming and jumping in this game, not not its strong suit at all. It's hard to tell exactly where your feet are, and this kind of, you know, what remember what I mentioned in the mag episode, how like your sprite just looks a little weird in relation to the rest of the game, enemy sprites and background, yeah. you know and like whatever the fuck it is I'm talking about there, is what makes the jumping a little harder it just doesn't look right you know i'm not entirely sure that where your sprite hit hit detection of the end of that platform i don't think it lines up perfectly with the actual you know what i mean i don't
1: even i don't even know if it's that i feel like just the jump because it's such a high like the arc of the jump it's it's not like it doesn't lend itself to the diagonal that you get in most like a Mario or Mega Man or something. It's just like this very high arcing. So it never feels right to try to jump across something. That's why I was like, nope, doing a dash. <laughs> yeah. The dash
0: move. So yeah, this bridge looks fucking awesome though. The, the big stone fish and such acting as supports below, like a busted up wooden surface up top is, is a really cool. There's a, a range of different heights too. And that's another, as opposed to like the straight shot thing, this is one of the instances where you get a little bit of height variance too to, to add some, just a different feel to the gameplay. And there's some customary grunts that lead things off before getting a spot to the bridge, or getting to a spot on the bridge. It has a door, and two twin brutes come out of that, that you saw the, the mini bosses at the end of stage one. And above the door, there's a plate that reads Deb above it. And we, you know, we talked about it in the co-op. I have no idea what that's supposed to mean or allude to. You have to think probably some developer bullshit, but...
1: Right? Uh, it, it's uh, weird, though, because I... Uh, <laughs> Maybe just me. Whenever I think Deb, I just think of like some woman. Like this is Deb. Like it's your right. aunt
0: or something. Exactly. Like yeah, right. it's like what? Right.
1: Like I don't know what that could represent.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's almost certainly either that or initials. You know, it could easily be one of the one of the because again, especially in the case of games where we don't get names in the credits, you know, developers are more minded to try to plant those little things that mm. the company man above them is not going to clock. So. What it is? Oh, fighting these brute guys! I fucking got to give him one of the shoulders. One of the few times in the game where I where I used, <laughs> shoulder. and the fact that they they use that so much in their attack set, I felt so good about it. <laughs> so I, I yeah I had that little give him give him your own medicine moment, and that was pretty fun. Um, the boss battle here is against our first instance of those decked out knights in the full plate armor. And he's got like a full length shield that's. Like, shoulder to kneecap. So, you know, heavily armored, and he's got a big-ass sword with some serious range on it. So, uh, he also has a a couple minion grunts that I thought it was funny to me that the minion grunts had coordinated outfits. In every case with these dudes, they're yeah their their outfits coordinated with the the lead guy, and I thought that was I like I just, I just pictured these guys in the castle before, at the start of their day, like trying on fucking shit together, yeah, <laughs> yeah to, 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 to match. Like, what do you guys think today? Uh was he red in this? I think his first one was red, or was he silver? Yeah, silver was the first one. Here, so yeah, I just, they, uh that was funny to me. So then they come out of this big ornate wooden door with some other weird shit in iron plates to the left of them. There's 49 dash 49 and then the one below it reads rd number one and like those are not initials for sure like what the fuck are those alluding to you know like it made like the only possibility i thought of was like that this was like a battle arena of some kind round one and it's like a i don't know but that wouldn't be you know this is an old school castle you wouldn't be able to fucking just like <laughs> it's, not, it's not a dry erase board they could just run out and fucking switch it up you know so I don't know. As far as as far as engaging this knight dude, like you have to, you absolutely. Like if you can stay disciplined, you can you can like get in close, like stay off his plane. That the, the, like that tried and true beat him up mechanic, basically, where you stay off his plane, get super close to him, pop up onto his plane, and then do the jump attack. And that's basically how I approach those dudes, you know. Uh, because yeah, with their with the range on his sword, there was really no way to approach him. Head on. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm pretty sure I was actually on the dragon and just flamed him. Just burned him up and it was super easy.
0: Yeah. He has a ton of fucking life though, so it's a long haul for sure, battling this guy. Uh, after you wax his ass, you make camp right there on his corpse, like I said I did. <laughs> or or would do a few times rather. And you get four elves in this case with some mutton and some, and some potions and then the map animation comes up and it's just... Uh, I was like, after seeing the turtle... I was disappointed that this map thing was just another boring red arrow being drawn. And I was waiting for a, a cool (laughs) thing to happen. So that was a bit of a letdown, but the copy reads, we have gone in close vicinity of the castle of the castle, but the way is packed by enemy lines. We must dare the fiends path to reach the castle. And, uh, I presume they mean dope fiends. And (laughs) do they, I, I, I know it's not the most compassionate thing to say, but I absolutely love Dope Heads, dude. The, my, my favorite episodes of Cop, of Cops Repeats, are always the ones where they hassle drunks and dope fiends. Like, I don't know where you stand on that, but, like, I absolutely fucking love watching, like, pulling over drunk drivers is always hysterical, and, like, rolling up on dope fiends doing some weird-ass shit is always super entertaining. And thinking about that, have you ever heard of Tweaker Hunters? What? Oh, no, this sounds terrible. What kind oh, of? god, awful. And the, and the, the people doing it know it, too, is my favorite. Maybe my favorite part about it. But they, so it's a web series called Tweaker Hunters. And oh my gosh, I don't know, concerned. I think I randomly stumbled across their Instagram somehow. One way or another. But yeah, I, they're, it's a web series. And they have the greatest log line in all of show business history, dude. Just a couple of dickheads filming drug addicts. That's their show synopsis. <laughs> like, need I say more? Oh man, uh, I know it makes me a terrible person, maybe to enjoy, but oh my god, is it an entertaining watch for sure? You know, and yeah, these dudes just go around and fucking interact. Like, yeah, like I don't know, it it gets some. Like, I don't know, I don't know how grimy it gets sometimes. Uh, like, I feel like I have not watched enough of it to know if they're really being exploitive or if it started as like a documentary thing that turned into inherently a little more exploitive, you know? So I don't really know what their intentions were necessarily, but uh it's cops on steroids, I guess is what I'm getting. Oh
1: at. my gosh. I, I, don't, know <laughs> I <feel about> this.
0: <laughs> don't know if I'll be picking that one up. Yeah, it's, Well, I mean, there's like long episodes. You know, it's, it's not the greatest way to spend your time in life, but it is a great log line. If nothing else. <laughs> Anyhow, Battle scene four to Eagle Island. <laughs> the Emanuel description is this island is actually the back of a huge eagle with skeleton swordsmen hiding in its feathers. They're difficult to conquer since they're, they're already dead if they're not afraid to die. Uh, rather, they're already dead, so they're not afraid to die again. Narrow bridges make the battle even more hazardous. And yes, bring on the vile undead. And building uh, the building in the beginning has more weird numbers on it. 4170 in this case. Like, what the fuck does that mean? The <laughs> The three grunts that try to ambush you in front of that building can easily trash you in that confined space so like this is where i talked about in the co-op like i like it just as an evasive measure went up onto the ledge and then realized yes this is your first opportunity to really cheese guys into the void basically you know and yeah you can kind of kind of like you lure them up there and as long as you're above them these grunts automatically retreat jump hot yeah yeah Well, for jumping up, you can hit them when they're jumping. But I'm saying if you get them up onto that platform, you can just inch them down to literally just walk off the bottom. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Fall to death. Yeah. Uh, This is the first instance of that. And then as the game progresses, that becomes a crutch and a half, if you want it to be, you know. This
1: whole level is like that. Like, I feel like particularly, it's like they introduce you to, like, hey, there's all these places you can fall off. But all you have to do is just kind of walk around and be smart and – the enemies will fall off. It, it, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, it's right. kind of nice. It's kind of a fun like break from. If you don't feel like smashing everybody, it's like you know what? Come, let me just lure you over here and watch you fall off the edge, or I'm gonna pick you up and throw you off the edge.
0: Yeah, and anytime Very I, anytime I can feel like I'm using my mind in these games instead of just brute brute button mashing, uh, yeah. I, I appreciate and like it for sure. The in this level, you get these blowing leaves in the foreground that are a really nice touch. Mm. Uh, aesthetically I uh, enjoyed those and the we for the first time we get the ash versions of those grunt characters in this level so it's like the they're like a, a blackish grayish color and they like the sky turns orange before you see them for the first time too. So they're, they're presented for the first time in a really good presentation and they come out in fucking nowhere. So they can really catch you slipping. If you're, if you're like, they come up out of the ground, you know, super fast. And like uh, the earlier ones, like the, the skeletons come up, but you can usually see that happening, you know, in this case, these really come up on you. So they can be tough. And this is another instance, I believe where you don't get a mini boss. I, I think you just eat some grunts and, and those, those ash things might be, the boss you know so yeah
1: but i i definitely remember the first time i went through this though feeling like it was a struggle to fight the skeletons and the gray dudes because it it just seemed like there was a difficulty jump for a second i was like oh man i had to you know be smart about it and come back through like okay let me just figure out what's going on like just stumbling upon it like they they kind of kicked my butt
0: oh yeah i definitely i saved scummed a little bit for sure here <laughs> for sure so the map quill animation after the level adds a bird to the map this time, but I would say I would say, again still kind of disappointing because it wasn't as cute or as good, well done as the turtle was. It was, it was less detail, you know. So it uh, turns out in the long run, even having gone through the whole game, the turtle is definitely the map high point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the copy for this, that. you great? Yeah. The the copy for this is the the fiend's path was a great great eagle. And it says great there twice. And I thought that was interesting. But we are taken across the skies to the castle. Now the final battle begins. The battle scene five from Eagle Island to the Palace. Manual description. Fight for your life on cobblestone streets against more soldiers, lizard women, and fire blasting bazarians. This level is where that really dope screenshot from the back panel of the box art with the eagle head. That's where that this is where that's at. And once you're out on the Eaglehead area or out of the Eaglehead area and onto the bridge, you get absolutely mobbed by some aggressive red grunts. And then two, fucking two of those night things, which those paired with grunts is a lot for for a, a boss battle. Um, because, yeah, like those, like I mentioned, you know, there's no, you, you can't attack those. If you, like when those things mob you and they're, they're inherently on your plane, like there's just, it's almost impossible to avoid getting the shit knocked out of you because you if you let them get on t- the two sides of you you're fucked you know there's no way to do that tactic <laughs> where you're not on their level you know uh with with two of them on the screen so yeah this, this was pretty tough pretty tough
1: this is and this is where it came in handy and this is where i got good at that B and C special move where you press them both at the same time with with tyrus because she swings behind she like you're facing this way but like she swings behind you and it it's such a powerful move. It knocks everybody down that's behind you, but yes. you can only do it like after you get hit or something like you, you can't just kind keep doing it over and over. Reliably I don't really know. Do, yeah, that
0: man. Yeah. The, the Gilius has that. I mean, he, he does this thing where he rolls backwards and attacks at the back of the roll. So if I, again, mm-hmm. yeah, if you could do it reliably, it could have been helpful, helpful when you're getting mobbed, but I'm trying to do just repeatedly do that jump attack. Right. And it's, mm-hmm. That's hit C, hold B the whole time I'm in the air, and then when I'm back down, I gotta hit C. I gotta let off B and hit C again. And when you're doing that repetitively in a beat 'em up, it's super hard to not fuck it. <laughs> and if you hit, if you if if you would hit B and then C, it would do the roll. And obviously, that roll is way different experience. You play way Gilius, co up, like it's a way different timing thing. Than doing the jump attack, so like that was easily the thing about the game where I would get most frustrated because he was not doing what I wanted him to do, even though it was my fault he was doing it. <laughs> so, yeah, it was yeah, it was, it was tough, and yeah, this is an instance where that got me quite a bit.
1: Um, but this is a short level though. I mean, two ping giant knights, and then you're on the stage six. I so kind of right, kinda
0: like for sure, yeah. And then, and then this is the first time like there's no dicking around, there's no camp or doodling on your map. It's just onward and upward to battle scene six after these messages. We'll be right back.
1: Thy quest is to crush Death Adder's evil henchmen. Seek wisdom from your secret hotline and praise thy destiny. Golden Axe, tis mighty serious fun.
0: Welcome to the crazy train of thought brought to you by the idiot savants. Now in stunning technicolor, soon to VHS. Come forth, Jimmy. Do you like trains? Uh-huh. Do you like games? Oh yeah! Do you like discussion? Oh boy, do I! Well, do I have a podcast for you! Join conductor Ryan Wolf. Um, hi. As he hosts a cadre of clever comrades as they delve into the new frontier of video games, jaw-dropping news, and captivating commentary. Go off the rails with the idiot savants and tune into the crazy train of thought. Uh, but, sir, what does this have to do with trains? I actually don't uh, understand. So get your tickets and climb aboard. Hang on just a second. Hang on. We have not even mentioned trains. I mean... Catch her on. You would usually start with Thomas the train I and forward up to the industrial revolution is this kid with
1: anyone i mean we, we're leaving out the transcontinental Where's railroad your mother? vanderbilt trans-siberian Please. express the polar express Where is this child's parents i don't even hear any bells
0: that was a super short and to the point sega promo for what appeared to be the arcade version of the game complete with extreme explosion ending <laughs> <laughs> gotta love that man yeah like anything in the 90s has got a fucking fireball at the end it's great <laughs> hi i can turn it up yeah, link it to that in mean, the show notes as it always is and it was also followed by a little PSA for a podcast you should be added to your podcatcher list the Crazy Train of Thought Pod and they badger about video games on their show, mostly modern stuff and have a like a really cool high octane speaking of high octane energy that I really dig uh, their, their fuck to the rest of the English language ratio is right up my alley too as you can probably tell from my sailor vernacular so, so I dig that their, their promo too is pretty cool, like I like how they it's like a carnival Barker theme to the, to the promo. And that's super fun, Uh, considerably more uh, interesting and entertaining than our uh, drab 32nd deal that I sent them. So maybe we should do something better too after reading, after being inspired by theirs. But uh, so I was messaging with their head savant, head idiot savant Ryan about swapping promos there. And I guess he looked up all my dumb shit on the internet and he saw the inordinate amount of Buffalo bills. shit I post and it turns out he is a Bills fan as well. So we made plans to go do karate in the garage together. <laughs> and he suggested building bunk beds. So, yeah, so it's, uh, we, like, probably spent, like, I don't know. Like, we talked about it. Like, he's like, yeah, let's do the promo, shirt." And then we started talking about the Bills. <laughs> it was just like, the promo was a foregone conclusion. Let's talk about the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Bills fans are hilarious. I was just out the other day. I was out and about, and like, a guy rides bike. Rides by on his bike with a Bills shirt, and like, dude, it was instinctual. I didn't even think about it. I was just like, Go Bills! <laughs> like, that's what it's like, a Go Bills to within the Bills fan community is like, hi. You know, it's just like, hello. <laughs> and like, you'll say it to Eddie's, like, and I do dude, I don't talk to anyone, man. I talk to no one. I am in my own universe at all times. But if I see someone, in some Bills shit, we're having a cut, you know, as much interaction as can be had. <laughs>
1: I love it. I, yeah. I was always that way with whatever I would see Buckeyes fans, like traveling, like sure, consulting yeah. stuff. Like I'm in airports. You see somebody with Ohio State, it's immediately like go bucks. Like it's just yeah. like, yes, like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <games>. for sure. <laughs> so uh Golden Axe on the Sake of Genesis, we are in battle scene six. This is called the Palace Gates. The manual description is Death Adder Jr. guards the palace gates. He's skilled at throwing sparking knots of electricity. Be quick, his weapon is difficult to avoid. Wait a fucking minute. It's specifically like, Junior in the manual.
1: That's what I'm saying. That's why I was like, wait, Death Out Junior. you're like, this
0: this is It's Death not. Like, oh, no. in the fucking in the end credits. It's not. I told actually, you know what? I told you. There's other discrepancies in the manual and mm. the thing. So this is another one. This is just an, uh, another incongruency.
1: So it's Death Adder Jr. or Death Adder. What are those two?
0: Yeah, whichever story you want to believe.
1: I <laughs> know with the game. The game has colorized descriptions, the magic. Right, yeah,
0: exactly. Statistics we know his height, as yeah, weight. <laughs> so. That description, coupled with the lack of intermediary nonsense projects, like the, there's no camp, there's no fucking, no elf thing. Like, I got the vibe that this level might just be an arena battle, you know? So I kind of expected what happened to happen. And... Can we just talk about that creative choice, like, the arch-villain who's, like, thinking when I originally thought this was Death Adder Jr., I just thought it was a very interesting choice that, like, you take this arch-villain who's, you know, that, like, the first time I heard that, we were just talking in the MAG episode, I was like, that's such a cool villain name, Death Adder. It's like fucking, you know, that's like a serious, legit thing. But they take that story and then just give him a kid. And call him Junior. <laughs> and to me, that's a like a hilarious creative so,
1: choice. So random to me. It's it's <laughs> like you can tell that this was, yeah, this was the end of the game in the arcade. But we just had to make a way for it to not be the end of the game.
0: <laughs> precisely. Precisely, right. And it, like, to me, I almost, because I'm giving the game so, so much credit elsewhere. Like, you know, part of me wants to go, it's just, they're always, almost always take the lazy route back then you know just a few people they got a fucking crazy deadline they're overworked there's like I don't care just here's the solution Move how on. can we make it work you found <laughs> a way to make it work All right, <laughs> We're done you know so like I know that is much more likely but I want to believe that they made that conscious choice as a comedic one you know what I mean that they thought that was funny and did it for that reason as opposed to the taking the lazy way out you know so yeah give me some credit yeah that's that's why what I, how i, how I want to fucking roll with it so the music here is absolutely fucking lit is the death adder theme and you get a little grunt action and a twin brute first, but this is indeed just an arena battle basically for death Adder, death adder, death adder junior, whichever you want to believe. And he comes at you with a couple skeleton bodyguards that I made sure to dust off so I could focus on the star of the show, which is why I would later try to do the same thing. (laughs) And it went much less fruitfully, but so yeah, you kill him and he's, and he is absolutely worthy of being the star of the show. He is a huge sprite. He's rocking Legion of Doom shoulder pads. What a rush! <laughs> it's like, "Oh, time I'm like, I think, what a rush! I just, over and over and over again in my head saying that. And he has, like, a cool-ass horned helmet, as well as a big badass battle axe. And is his, is that one golden? No, I think, his is red, is it? Is it red?
1: No, I'm like, no, it's yeah. like a bronze color.
0: Okay. Is it okay? Well, that fucking you know, so maybe mm. we were talking. We were talking with one of our one of our fucking uh, Facebook uh, lyric disciples, or I was, and he pointed out how Death Adders, or sorry, Death Adder, Death Bringers, the final boss's axe is not golden, and how the game's called Golden Axe and it should be. But I didn't think about the fact that this one was there, and if it's golden, yeah. then I guess you know that's that's less criticism worthy because the idea that they would. You know, not pay attention to what I would presume color palette limitations are usually what causes that kind of thing in these game, these older games. So, like, for them to not pay attention to that detail for that reason on the final boss of the game when the game is called Golden Axe was a real bedshitting, in my opinion. But if this guy's his axe is golden, okay.
1: <laughs> so hey, so hey, you get the Golden Axe here, so now you're like, alright, now I'm equipped to go... There you go. That's how I'm taking it. I'm I'm suspending my disbelief. That's where I'm going. Exactly.
0: More favorable interpretation uh, because we we are clearly headed towards double King Lord Blessing on this, so we're we're speaking positively. (laughs) So, as the manual foretold, he has an electrical attack that involves him dropping to one knee and punching the ground, and from the impact of that, an electrical charge comes cruising across the ground towards you, uh, and in this case, it's like a, a one direction. Later on, Deathbringer would introduce something a little more complicated but it absolutely knocks on your ass if you don't leap over it and it can it very much surprise me that it could travel on any angle like if you know if he does it and you're not on his plane it will go diagonal or it will go up you know and i did it caught me slipping like a motherfucker the first time (laughs) yeah yeah it's funny
1: i i didn't even this was a non-fight to me like i because i looked at the manual and it said kill him quickly so I, I made sure I have like, saved up special. I had my full dragon special. You know, I, t- I saved it for him, launched it on him, and then just dashed, like, and it killed the skeletons. So they were they were not an issue. And so I just dashed, kicked him over and over until he died. So he got one lightning off, and that was it.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I once I got the skeletons out of the picture, which I didn't, you know, I didn't have. One, I don't think my potion could have done it in the first place. Uh, two, I probably, well, I probably was saved up, actually, because I never fucking used them, but I definitely had to deal with the skeletons, I recall, for sure. And once those are out of the way, though, you could, like, you kind of, I could, I could, I was able to pin this guy in a jump-chop loop. Nice. Where he, like, because he he has, like, that, when, when he goes down, he has a getting-up uh, beat. pausing pause when he kneels. Exactly, like, right. You yeah. can just whack his ass again. So I was able to reliably dust his ass off pretty easily once I got to just him. But when it was him and skeletons, it's... Was pretty fucked. Up.
1: <laughs> that, that special move just eliminates them from the whole fight, it, it makes it a whole, whole nother thing.
0: That's the advantage of having Tyrus, I guess. So you don't have my jump chop attack, though. To that is to true. On. I could
1: yeah. not, I could not land that reliably. Like if I, trying, I would just get screwed up. I was like, I oh, forget this move. I'm not
0: surprised. Like I said, the axe battlers I thought was nowhere near as effective either. So that's not surprising uh. to hear that she would have a little bit of a weakness there. So after he dies, you get a hot little story moment, and the king and princess are lowered down on chains, and they had been hung up like they had been hung up in the air by, and the king is hung by his feet, and the princess by her wrists, and they drop down, and then she sprints over to tend to the king, and he's like sprawled out on the floor, and and begins chatting. Yeah, like, I wasn't able to. Do you think it was the king or the princess talking to you? I wasn't sure because the king
1: looks like he's kind of like incapacitated. Incapacitated, Yeah, yeah. So I kind of thought it was the princess. Like I assumed it was the king, but then I was like, maybe not. Who knows? Like they don't really.
0: You can't really tell. Yeah, it's 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 not. It doesn't. It's not have any role. Contextual role indicators uh, are not in there really. So whoever it is says, take my utmost gratitude for our rescue. I thank you and your courage. For it had rid of Death Adder and hideous plot. So not the greatest translation there. But I have a feeling that he might have been taking orders. Come to think of it, not a few times did he disappear into that door. Will you not go into battle for me once again? And our boy GT exclaims back, in my case, yes, my lord. And then he immediately heads into the castle. So he's fucking gung-ho. So
1: clearly he's taking orders that is not Death Adder Jr. The manual is wrong. It is Death Adder who's taking orders from Deathbringer
0: exactly exactly so uh to the bottom of that and that brings us to battle scene seven the dungeon this is well the manual description first you made it inside the dark depressing scary place palace dungeon (laughs) watch out for broken floors and dangerous pits skeleton swordsmen infest the cellar and just without a doubt this is the coolest looking level there's just no question (laughs) <laughs> very cool very, very very cool and the music down here is also great and i think i'm pretty sure it's the same death at track that's in the arena battle prior to this and those green skeleton statues in the wall background are super fucking dope looking and they don't <laughs> like they don't appear to be part of the original construction plan you know and that like they look like they're peering through holes that have crumbled into existence in the in the wall they're not like they're not built alcoves with statues you know what i mean so that lends itself to the idea that these are not they're coming at
1: you at some point at some point or another
0: right (laughs) so yeah so later on like that was that was foreshadowing for sure that i thought would come to be and that would be the case for sure that 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 belief would pay off so the pits you have to jump are pretty unforgiving just as the the earlier ones are so that's that's kind of fucking tough and they they do later on though they create the opportunity to really cash in on that knocking enemies into the abyss thing which is hugely useful Not and without it, it. yeah without it would this level would be super tough man that uh where you get to the part after you go like we talked about the over uh, in the co-op where you go past the thin walkway and then you come down and there's the whole pit to the left and you get the i think that's when you engage with those knight dudes everybody's going in the hole they're all the one way exactly. they're going in the hole. <laughs> yeah exactly if you didn't have that option that would be such because you got the green bronze statue Things coming off the pedestals and those do. Yeah, it would be so tough. So, yeah, the yeah, the boss battle is you have to fight those knights again. They're gold and get them into the pit, basically, is, is the boss battle here. And that feels so good and brings you straight into battle scene eight, the battle with Death Adder. And the manual description here is it's time to face your most dangerous enemy. And he And has he got a surprise for you? And, yeah, the manual calls it the battle with Death Adder. Wrong. Uh, I'm throwing the manual away. We're done. Yeah, the manual, fucking useless. (laughs) You're drunk. Good. Yeah, I didn't even. I'm not not even writing these down piecemeal, one at a time. Then, like the the, the, I was not able to see the forest through the trees, basically. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it's it's very apparent that there's a major incongruence there, uh, looking at it on the whole. But, so yeah, I I absolutely loved how when you walk into this level, he's just sitting on his throne there. And he's he's just like he's got his head in his hand like this. He's just bored out of his fucking mind. <laughs> like, like like what I picture it as is that like, he's like he's been like he's been sitting there. He's got those two skeleton bodyguards, right? He's just been sitting there listening to these two morons talk about whatever dumbass skeletons would talk about for God knows how long. <laughs> you know, and he's just so bored. So when you come in, he's super enthusiastic like, oh yeah let's go <laughs> yeah so this this sprite looks just like junior or death adder or whatever but he is in a really like a, a much more menacing green skin purple equipment color scheme you know that looks fucking awesome and his, his throne is appropriately evil chic you know it's like it's got dragons and, skeletons <laughs> and demons and shit all over it so all the good stuff pretty, yeah built out and appropriate. And yes, he has those two skeletons that join him as he rises and attacks. And there's no way to know it offhand, but I am almost certain that you cannot kill these skeletons, that they are invincible. They will go down. You can knock them down and get them off of you, but I don't think there's a way to kill them because yes, I spent a great deal of time and a great number of safe scums trying to eliminate them to single out Deathbringer and be able to just deal with him. And that's not an option. I don't think.
1: (laughs) Yeah. i tried the same thing it did not work at all i
0: mean just in general like
1: he messed me up he like he brought up the dragon i had to go back (laughs) this is embarrassing i had to go back to a save state from like stage four when i still had both full continues because i just kind of messed around just kind of freewheeling play i was like no no i need both continues (laughs) so i went back and played it through again so i had enough because he would like like I couldn't really avoid it. Like I'm hitting him, I'm dashing, him, I'm taking him down, I dropped him full power. But it still took me both continues to like even
0: to I think him. I think my save state, I want to say I had a little bit of my last life. I have the I, I could the, the the play vid, my 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 boss battle play vid is up. I posted it, so that'll be there if you actually care enough to fucking verify me on this. But the <laughs> the not you, whoever whoever would be calling our bluff on this. The uh like I want to say I had a little bit of life left on the last life. And then my full last continue is what I had. And, and I mean, I, I don't like an idiot probably do not keep multiple save states. So I had no choice, but to make that work basically, <laughs> you know, like wow. you know, it, it seemed
1: impossible to me. Like I, because I had, I think I had one continue when I got there normally and Like, nothing I could do would keep me alive long enough. Like, I'm doing as much damage as I can, but his damage is more. I'm like, this is impossible. Like, I don't know how to do this without my (laughs) continues.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll get into his fucking power. His power attacks are absolutely ridiculous, man. So he does the ground pound thing to one knee, and this generates the electricity thing, but it goes in all six directions. And they travel outward to the edge of the screen and then come back in. So, like... You know, it's just a whole lot more to deal with, and you got to deal with it twice. And when you're dealing with that, and trying, you have to jump. out oh, you want to jump, of course, as they pass under you. And to have the skeletons fucking coming in and messing with you both ugh, sides at the yeah, same time, yeah, it's super tough. And then, you know, if that lands on you and knocks you down, that's when he does the dragon attack while you're on the ground. So you get double whammied when that happens. And the dragon always attack, a loss. The yeah, always. exactly. The dragon attack just. Fragged you like whatever. However much <laughs> life you got, you're dead, and you're going to the next life. So just a brutally punitive uh, attack cycle for him. And the best approach is to like w- when he does like when he does the pound thing. If you attack him while those are out, the charges disappear. So like yeah. it frags him and ruins the spell or whatever. So like that is the best approach to maintaining like a flow with him and then the difficulty is really because that's not too hard to do really the difficulty gets imposed by the skeletons of course and there's just they're constantly doing their chart their running jump thing with the fucking shields you know and those knock you down in one hit and then once you're down he fucking gets you and then he hits you with you it's just like a fucking a chain you go, chain. you
1: get hit once it's over like you get hit once you basically lost a life like right? that's, so that's what's kept- happening
0: super tough and he and he has that sweeping fire those or rather those sweeping fire and sweeping electricity attacks he'll pepper you with if he clocks you like if he gets you with a, an axe attack he'll use those next you know what I mean so mm-hmm. just yeah either way there's, there's multiple chain reaction options and if you get hit by anything it can really fuck you so yeah pretty tough man i would say i mean it ended up taking me i want to say maybe 10 or so save scum tries and it was largely because of those skeletons like once I decided that I couldn't get rid of those, and started just focusing in on him. It was probably only another like two or three times I think before. And like you know, I had no faith. I thought I was fucked. Like I was doing it, and then I changed that tactic, or I changed my approach up, and I still died again, and maybe again. And I was like, I'm. There's just no way I'm never gonna beat this dude. I was, still, <laughs> you know, like. Fuck, like, I'm gonna have to. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Maybe just not beat him. I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna spend my life trying to be death at her here. And yeah, like, I just, it, when when, I, when he died, it completely caught me off. I was like,
1: oh shit. <laughs> I don't think there's a life meter or anything. So exactly. that, I was the yeah. same way. I was cause I'm like, the axe in the air.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. For sure. Yeah, really good. Uh, so yeah, so when you do kill him, it's it's like there's a really cool little animation like he like he goes down and like kind of like a little bit of a slow motion deal onto his back and then his axe flies up in the air spinning you know and then comes down and lands lodged right in his chest and that is i don't know I, 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 i'm not sure i've ever i can think of a a game from this era that had a better final boss death animation you know it's pretty like,
1: it reminds me of like if you look at Avengers: Infinity War when Thor puts the axe in Thanos' chest, like it just reminds me of that. Like it's just a fun,
0: yeah, fun cinematic for sure. So yeah, and like, and this also is why I feel the way I do about the skeletons because when the, the skeletons just fuck off when that happens, like they just they just disappear. I don't even think you see them go down. I think they just disappear. They're just know? gone. So yeah, it's uh, that's all the more testament to. I don't think they're and from that the screen dips to white before your sprite comes walking back out of the palace gate to return to the king and princess who haven't moved since you left them out there in the courtyard and this is I kind of thought I got the vibe that it was the princess speaking to me here a little more Mm -hmm. certainly so like based on how you're addressed at the top so thank you gallant one Although, I don't know, as I say this now, I feel like it could, could be the king. It, it's more unisex to me now than at the time. <laughs> so, however the case, they say, Thank you, Gallant One. Now the people will be able to live, to build, to prosper in peace. May you be titled the Grandmaster... In fact, they're the, the, titling you. It's got to be the king. May you be the king, no. yeah. May you be titled the Grandmaster Guardians of the Kingdom. Now prepare for a feast grand feast to praise your act of bravery and deeds of courage, which is a little redundant, I think, but (laughs) you, you, then cut to our last look at the map where the quill pen writes fiend in the top left corner. And I fucking absolutely love that. The map copy for this is finally, you have defeated all of the evil clan. The land shall revive in peace. And the people will talk of your deeds as legend in the years to come. And then we move on to our credits. The peppy credit tune rips in. And this song is titled Sudakora Sasa. And I tried to translate this. The best I could find was Helter Skelter right away. So I'm almost sure that that's not exactly right. (laughs) But in any event, cool song. And we start with a black card that says cast, dead center. And they then proceed to go through one of the weirder things like this I've ever seen in a video game as far as in-credit sequences go. Three to a screen at a time, we go through each enemy character... In the entire game. And and not just each character, but each different iteration of them. So, you know, just the color differences, basically. Henninger is the bald dude with the headband and the mace. He's the first grunt you you come up against in Battle Scene 1. And they have, on this first screen, Henninger Silver, Henninger Purple, Henninger Red. And they're listed as separate entries on the first card. And then they list the stats for each one, right? So they have height, weight, and then an A through D grading scale for both their attack and movement levels, right? So obviously those change from iteration to iteration of each type of grunt. So, you know, that makes sense. But it's weird to me how they have the height and weight, which are all the same for each, most of them anyways. Like the most hen- of them. Yeah, the Hennigens are five ten and one hundred seventy eight pounds, and like all the colored ones are the exact same thing. So why
1: bother? Except <laughs> for like the bronze, like the bronze one is two hundred sixty seven pounds. So it's interesting that like super yeah.
0: heavy And those. Yeah. Then the shadow ones question mark, which is cool too. But I just uh, you know, I know it's it's still cool and uh, it's cool and interesting. And if anything else, or or not anything else, uh, it's original. So you know the. Um, that's interesting but there's just I don't know something about it it was so long you know I just like it, it I guess what it really I guess maybe I was thinking about it maybe from the developer's perspective like this took time and effort. <laughs> you know oh, like you know what I remember it I
1: remember it this is why I think it's been done before in Super Mario 3 I think it's either Super Mario 3 or Super Mario world like this same similar thing is done obviously there's not an attacker move level that level of detail is extra. Le- you know next level, and I love that, but I they definitely in one of those scenarios, there's definitely at the end it's like three enemies to a screen, but like this is different, obviously, because it's like and you, you know, only you have s- a couple different grunts, but they're just a bunch of different colors. But it adds that extra level of like realism role play if that's your thing. Like sure. this is a shadow one, so there's no way this is the gold one, so it's heavy as yeah. fuck, you
0: know. A, and you using Mario as a reference, my immediate thought to that is that, like, yeah, that's their like champion franchise and then immediately my mind goes to well yes that's what sega was doing here this is their champion. Yeah. <laughs> so, so. makes a lot of sense so yeah that's a good that's a good comparison i suppose so many of the character names here are not what they're described as in the manual copy and this is another incongruence so the lizard women have names like storage storage naya storage uh, storage naya and Strobia. so those are different and the twin brutes are called a range of things that are all pretty fun i think there's the bad brothers there's sergeant Malt and Sergeant Hop, and like I said, you know, when we were playing the co op, like it did not click to me that, <laughs> that was beer minded, so that's funny. And they look like the kind of guys that would enjoy beer, so you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> There's General Heartland. I thought that one was a little weird and, and not real sure what they might have been getting at with that one, but they are all listed at eight foot three inches. That's an interesting statistic for them. And the night Dudes all have military ranks and the last name Bitter, so Lieutenant Bitter, Sergeant Bitter, Colonel Bitter, etc., and that's that's super fun because they do. They're, you know, I don't know, they're like. Can't see their them. face. Super serious, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I dig that. Uh, those dudes are six foot eleven inches. And the yeah, okay. So here are the names. The, the chicken stinger bazaarians are called chicken legs. So chicken pretty- legs, which
1: is even weirder. It's like it's just, <laughs> come on, like come on. Yeah. They might as well have just left it called chicken stinger and just made it an actual exact same thing. You know? Exactly. They're trying to make it simple.
0: Just keep right. it. Simple. Yeah, exactly. Which you know, almost makes you wonder. Like, we're giving them all this praise for being deliberate there. Like, you know. Like, yes, like, they just reuse the asset, but they don't take the time. Like, they're not reusing the asset because they want to, as an homage, they're using the asset just because they don't want to do work. <laughs> you know, so that's probably...
1: Like, fun. we need something else. We need another mount. Throw that in there. That's a great yeah, one.
0: That's yeah. great. Yeah. And if, yeah, if they... Whatever. So, yeah, the villagers are credited, too. And despite being just extras, I thought, like, you know, thinking about... They called it cast, so they're equating this to a movie. <laughs> and you know, the villagers are just extras. Extras wouldn't be credited, so they go the extra mile with the credits with these. But yeah, they're it's they're oddly tiny. The the dudes are three feet tall, the women are four feet tall. So that's another situation where well I don't know, because that's in game, that's not a manual thing, you know? Yeah. Interesting. So, whatever. So the, this is what yeah, this is where we really learned the that the, the death adder situation is totally fucking all over the place between the manual. So yeah, they, they list Death Adder Jr. He's blue, he's got a blue costume on and I didn't recall ever fighting that dude. So I'm sitting there, going through the credits. I'm like, whoa, well, hold on.
1: <laughs> who the fuck <bucket>? is <laughs> this guy?
0: Right, exactly. And then Death Adder is red and that's who I thought Death Adder Jr. was. And then Death Bringer is the badass purple and green final boss, who is obviously who I thought a Death Adder was. So yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just a version. All of them are listed at eight foot three inches. So those dudes are big as fuck also. And last but not least, we get the specs on our heroes. Axe Battler is 5'10". Is it even 200 on weight? Tyra Slayer is 5'8", and her weight is unknown, which is a nice comedic nod to never asking a woman her weight. I thought that was (laughs) cool. And Old GT is 5'3", and a buck 51. So he's a stout little fucker. (laughs) And oh, we come from there to the developer credits, and this is, we talked about in the co-op too, but super fucking fun. They, this is so well done and so fun. The heroes are all up on a bridge with an orange cloud sky behind them, like the kind of sunsetty deal. And I assume this would only be in my case because I played as GT, but we found out that's not the case, and you confirmed it. But uh, Axe and Tyrus are lounging on their, in like in their camp resting pose in the background, and GT walks out from screen left, and then... One of the grunt enemies, the Long Moan, they're called, walks out from screen right, and he—he's the guy with the spiked club, right? And he just—he stands there and he waits, and then GT lobs out a what I thought originally was just a a, like a a ball of nothing in particular, and then he throws—he lobs that over to the Long Moan guy, hits it with his club, it flies up into the air, and then turns into the credit. And then I was like, stop framing it to write the like to write things down about the credits after I recorded it, and I realized that. The ball that GT is throwing out is actually letters that are all clumped up in like kind of an indiscernible uh, uh, clump, which is just super cool way to do credits and and, 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 yeah. and very, very fun. Even without that part of it, if it was just the baseball thing, that would be cool. But it's a lot of time they spent
1: post post game. Yeah. A lot of time
0: for sure. So that's fucking pretty cool. The credits are all of the nonsensical variety as opposed to actual humans names. The, the ones I thought notable. Vinyl Boy is listed as an assistant programmer. Bros 400 is the director. So the director didn't even get credit. And that's extreme. And Opa Opa is the assistant director. And that's like their, their OG mascot, you know. And then Team Shinobi is listed for arcade design. So that was to me I, it did not occur to me that they might name their design teams you know that's kind of interesting you yeah. got me looking up like trying to think what the name like did nintendo have cool names for theirs and they don't it's just like r d1 is like their main like sega or not sega but mario and zelda team and i think they do <laughs> some to too so like their their big flagships have like a dedicated team but it's never had a cool name <laughs> <laughs> And then Axe and Tyrus get up off their ass, and they join GT in the foreground, and they all toss up a potion of the air off screen, And then what comes down is the letters E-N-D to mark the end. And psych! That's not the end. They reveal that they have been keeping score this whole time, the sneaky little fuckers. <laughs> I'm like, Yeah, this totally caught me off guard. So you have a total score, and the number of lives you went through, a strength rating... And then a tiered scoreboard that lets you know how you did in relation to, I guess, what's possible score wise, and that's pretty fucking cool. So I'm glad you dug it back up, Jay. I was upset yeah. that we're gonna go compare these, so I'm looking forward to comparing them. How did you do, Jay?
1: My total score is two ten
0: point three.
1: I got used player twelve. I think that's all the players. And uh, strength forty seven point five, which puts me on the B.
0: B class as a boy. Okay. What about uh, you? My total score was 348.50. Wow. Look at you. <laughs> uh, lives 11. You. So I guess I didn't get through the last one. And then I didn't even think of that how there would be a, a 12 max. You're right. And the strength is 61.6. Okay. And this was class A double plus. Just nice. One, Look at you. Yeah. <laughs> that all sounds really impressive, Jay. But I saved scummed a fucking ton, <laughs> so I'm not at all legit in these ratings. But it is still fun that they give it to you, and would without a doubt give you obviously replayability incentive. You know, to to try to to really. Now I'm like, that. wait
1: a minute. I didn't even think about my score. I could because I I I think I only saved it like when I went back through the full time. I only had like two save states, and I was just like, this is how it's gonna work. You know,
0: work. <laughs> So, that's the one-player experience, and we co-opted this morning before we jumped on. So, I don't know, there's not, it wasn't a terribly different experience, I would say. I mean, it did have, you know, you fucking hurt each other, and that's a pain in the ass. That's probably the biggest difference, that you can hit each other and knock each other down. And when you're trying to mob on something, it almost never works. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it was weird. The only other difference I would say would be that. When you're playing one player, you know that everybody's going to come after you, so you can kind of plan for that. Yeah. And there were some times when I would move expecting something to follow me, and it would because it, yeah. I'd already hit it, but it would go after you, and I'm like, "Darn it, come come back here!" You know, you're so, not uh, being
0: as predictable as I like. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah.
1: You're not following the predefined yeah. predetermined pattern
0: for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that that final boss against Death Adder, particular or Death Bringer, rather, we we had that hardcore dude last life last health made it through <laughs> yeah that was dude yeah jesus christ that was so clutch that was crazy i did not i thought for sure we were just gonna have to eat it and not not beat the game on the co-op so it's like no was, i
1: could not let this happen again it happened yeah. in river city Ridge. we will complete this game
0: <laughs> yes you, you avenged my death for sure there good job oh uh, yeah so yeah i game over and you yeah you had i think it was one hit point left like right one hit point left that's, that's-
1: crazy <laughs> i just locked in i went from kind of like bouncing around to like all right
0: focus time <laughs> <do that." laughs> yeah, yeah yeah even i felt like i felt it was funny like i felt pressure after i died for you so that was funny. <laughs> yeah for sure um yeah i mean yeah and like the, i mean the whole playthrough though i mean we I, it was like 30 minutes or something and like <sighs> all that probably wasn't even play. Yeah, we were probably i, by I, some I feel like there. it was
1: still, like 15 minutes and we were like through it it was so quick
0: for sure. So you're not know, a fun, but not a hugely different experience, I would say.
1: the Fiend theme, bringing us into the verdict. I don't know if there's much suspense here. What do you think, (laughs) (laughs)
0: Jeff? I feel like, uh... If only because King Loric can understand this king's plight so... You know, uh, viscerally because of his lost princess as well, that... Uh, I feel like there's just no chance that he wouldn't give it his blessing, even on that regard. But even with, uh, within the other um, criteria with which we determine this, I think it, it is also valid, you know, or it's also deserving, rather. It's kind of everything you could really want out of a game of this type, I think, you know. Um, it, the stages or battle scenes, if you will, are shockingly short. That would probably be one of the, the biggest criticisms if you were really mining for one. And, you know, you can, and I definitely did. Lean on that jump attack almost exclusively as my offensive strategy. So, you know, it would be nice if I had felt incentivized to diversify my strategy a little more. You know, um, and it's it, maybe funny. It, it's it, funny
1: it, that I felt that too, but also about the dash. You know, about a completely different move. <laughs>
0: right. Uh, like it's funny. Like saying that I there is the you know that could have been what they were doing in adding that role, like basically giving you giving the counter result of those same buttons being overused something that would totally fuck you could very well have been exactly that you know so maybe even that criticism is not valid so yeah, you know that would be honestly it though I mean it looks great it sounds great plays great provides a reasonable amount of difficulty uh, at reasonable places throughout it like you know ten times getting a little pissed off at the final boss is about right for this kind of game, you know, like that's there's just not a lot of of things that you could fucking complain about. And the presentation aspects I mentioned a million times, the map thing, all the arcade little touches, like all that's really fucking cool. The in-scoring thing is cool and unique and like came out of nowhere that I didn't expect it, you know, so that's fucking not not relying on that as being part of the game. Like the that you're always watching score on screen, and like you're trying to incentivize the maximum, like basically not in this like maximizing execution outside of the story world is kind of what scores do to a game like this, and and that, I think that was a good choice you know, narratively. So, yeah, to me it's a, it's kind of a no brainer on King Lorek's blessing. I think. Yeah, I have to
1: agree, man. the The graphics were great. Like I I played with the dwarf as well as with Tiris, you know, and. Terrace is fun, obviously, from visually as a man. Like it's fun to watch her walk around, but like the the sprites, <laughs> like you could you could tell in the directions. Like when when she turns to the right and moves forward versus the left, like there's different. You can tell there was a lot of design effort into those sprites, and and it's really well done. Obviously, the change in animations for when you have your magic at the lowest level versus the maximum level. Like uh, again, you mentioned it. The the end credit scenes were great. It's just. It's very fun. Like, I've talked about wanting to play it with Zion. I forgot I only have one Sega controller, so I have to order a second one. <laughs> and, uh, and, like, I, I still want to play the extra modes, like the, the battle modes where you're just going through the bosses or whatnot. Like, I I want to play those again. So I think implicitly I'm saying I like everything and I want to keep playing it.
0: Yes, the blessing bestowed. Yeah, I don't know if you can come up with a better compliment for a retro game than I want to spend money on more retro equipment in order right? to play <laughs> so yeah that that's pretty good it's like it's like um zoom you know like immediately i'm like i'm buying the cartridge <laughs> like i want to be able to play this on my system immediately like on my tv uh, with another person yeah it's that's there's there's no better compliment i don't think for a game like this so that is golden axe on the sega genesis and it's in the books in the ios isoh gamepedia if you will. Next up on the mag front is Game Pro number 7, and that will, I don't want to say most likely, come after our next swing at our ongoing Ultimate Exit side quest, because we, it may take us a little longer to get anywhere worth talking about based on how it's kind of feeling in the chat, you know? <laughs> but, that's the beauty of what we're doing here. We don't make any promises, so it could be anything. <laughs> People are probably, it's amazing to me, like, you know, just, you know the fucking, that, that review, like, the idea that there's oh. enough of an audience out there to attract them to our podcast and hook them in, no less, with our podcast. Oh. It's freezing me because this game is fucking insane. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, do
1: we want to continue this game? Oh, you guys, people yeah. are talking about it. Oh, God, yeah. I, will, like
0: I won't let us quit. <laughs> I won't let us do it. I'm sorry. You know, uh, <laughs> I thought like, I told you last night I thought I had a breakthrough. But I, 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 don't. I, mean, I, I, I still, like, I, I will insist that I did kind of a breakthrough. But I spent six hours, five or six hours and didn't actually have the breakthrough that I thought I was about to have, uh, but I, I I think it's I think it's happening. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to play while I edit the pod here uh, some more and hopefully get it done. So I am making some progress. So we may do that next. We may do a game episode, or a mag app, who the fuck knows. The, you can subscribe to the pod on the platform provided by whatever dumbass company that serves up your pottery if you want to find out and, and be made aware of whatever the fuck that episode ends up being. And whatever platform that is, please rate and leave positive shit for it on that platform and the website is nyh entertainment.com forward slash isohpod you can email us directly at isohpodcast at gmail.com you can follow the pod and badger with us on the facebook page and as well as the subreddit uh actually on reddit and you can the link to the youtube gameplay videos playlist like our co-ops our the boss battles our king Lurk videos all that bullshit will be in our show notes as well jay what are your socials
1: uh my gamertag is gentlemanjb without the second e,
0: and that's also where you can find me active on the socials, Facebook, and Reddit. And my Instagram is at my ship key is broke, my Twitter is at Josh Folan. My gamertag is two minutes odd. Okay, bye.
2: Bye.